Hey guys, Hydroberg here. Tonight we are sniffing around 2007's Perfume, the story of a murderer. Does this film smell of excellence or failure? Find out on episode 111 of A Cut Above, starting now. Cut my life into pieces! Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host Jacqueline and tonight we'll be discussing Perfume, the story of a murderer from 2007. But first let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, it's John. How you doing, John? I don't know who you're all talking about. Today, <laughs> my, name, my name is Francois. <laughs> oh, so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Now I need a cigarette. I'm sorry, all the French people out there. We are not meaning to offend, but this is a French German movie. <laughs> you Jacqueline, sound like I'm... Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll okay. take it. I, I like it. I'll, I'll take it too. That's a that's a that's flattering. Thank you so much, uh, Jacqueline. How you doing? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Happy Monday. Hi, happy Monday, Heidelberg. What's happening, my friend? Oh, what's going on, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> It's contagious. Come on now. I can we just do the whole show like this? <laughs> ah, Senior Hydroberg here. Senor, <laughs> that's completely. It's yeah. Monsieur. It's a blending of cultures, yeah. We we a melange, if you will. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. mm. well done. And you will. Is is that actually a French word? It sounds like yeah, it. it's French, yeah. like French oh, okay. for like mixture. So yeah, like a melting say, pot. For once, we could use the word melange like over and over and over oh, tonight. This is perfect episode to use it. Perfect. Damn it! I should have worked it in my fucking reach around. <laughs> when I have to go, when I have to go to the bathroom, I'm gonna say wee oui, wee, oui, but it's like it's not yes <laughs> oh yes. It's God. I gotta make it. <laughs> I gotta drop a deuce. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, Good start uh, to the show, guys. Yeah. And also, Hydroberg's here. How are you, Hydroberg? Hey guys, what's going on? Bonsoir. This show is starting to smell like a real stinker, and I'm just gonna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> smells like an orgy of 150 people out here you know try 750 no shit that's my first trivia fact <laughs> oh wait oh, wow. no 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 okay. all right I, i'm sorry i said it that was no no bad. it's okay i i, I like the, to sprinkle I'm, it in i know i'm the spoiler guy so uh, it's okay. i apologize i don't think <laughs> yes. there's anything to spoil with that it's okay there's a gun art uses a gun up <sighs> Now that was a spoiler. <laughs> that I'm st I'm gonna be like 89 years old on my deathbed and be like, John spoiled the gun moment in Terrifier. <laughs> Curse you, John! I'll see you in hell with a gun. <laughs> anyway, right. so how are you guys doing? Have a good weekend. It was yeah. superb. It got it got really hot out here in Washington State. Mm -hmm. I'm in high desert, mm -hmm. so today if my throat starts kind of going throughout the day, it's just because outside it just it blows this dust and shit so my it's it, i've got allergies yeah but i didn't know they were this bad so my throat and my sinuses are just feeling kind of blah but i'm not feeling sick at all it's just like it's all that yeah. shit that's in there you any smelling yeah. salts? does that work no i'm just kidding i don't know if it works for allergies <laughs> but it'll wake yeah. you up <laughs> no i take those like i take one of those non-drowsy allergy pills in the morning and they work mm -hmm. fantastic but for some reason it just it doesn't work throughout the or later in the day so yeah yeah i got the same thing not on. being a pussy or i don't know yeah yeah I, I wait hold on jacqueline jacqueline that's <laughs> we fair. don't that's equate fair. the pussy with negativity I'm just Hydra kidding Berg. yeah you're Correct. right that's that's that is a big right. the pussy. I, yes and jacqueline let me defend Hydra Berg. i i i am what i eat 
Okay. Mm. Thank you. No. Oh my God. A, spit there, take. There was, <laughs> nice, Jacqueline. <laughs> there was an early episode. That was a good line, John. That I was remember a good where line. I was like, oh, something was bothering me. And John was like, just stop being a pussy. And I was like, this just, <laughs> oh, this seemed like the perfect moment to get him back. But you no, did. It was good. Sweet I, revenge. I turned it around on yeah, you. Yeah, you reversed it. You were rubber. <laughs> I was glue. Oh, good. I'm we? still thinking about Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Man. I know you were, but what am I? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, well done, Jacqueline. <laughs> She's going to be the uh, impersonation impersonation person on this show. It's all that me. was very good. That was very good. I don't know. You did a really good French accent, and I'm not even really going to yeah. try. So. Well, I'm trying to hold back on it. Um, I know it's going to be the highest downloaded show that we've ever had, especially if we did the French In accents. France, yeah. yeah. The- mm-hmm. Oh, and in they France, was, they're going to go wild for this. Yeah, they're they're going to start a war against the cut above horror review. <laughs> the, the next French Revolution, part two, <laughs> electric boogaloo. Those fucking guys, we need to kill them now. Oh, that was German, sorry. Yeah, that <laughs> sounded a little schwarzenegger <laughs> We need to get in the chopper now and go kill yeah, the cut above. All right, shall we? <laughs> yes, let, let, let's He's do some Austrian, news, not French. But... He's Austrian, yeah. Yeah, okay. I know he was he was switching. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Throw another shrimp on the bobby, eh? Oh God! <laughs> New continent, even oh, amazing. Okay. Well, we're he, just he, we're he, just global. We're we have global appeal, you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, Hydroberg like mixed in Australian with Canadian. Throw mm-hmm. another another shrimp on the bobby, eh? 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 <laughs> All right, John. What horror news yeah. do you have for us this week? We know how much Jacqueline loves trashy movies. And this one has trash in the name. Okay. Are you guys familiar with the 1987 cult classic called Street Trash? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Joe, I think okay. Joe Bob covered it. I believe he did, like yeah. uh, maybe first or second season. Um, it is getting remade. Ooh. Director Ryan Rob Kruger. Zombie? Oh. oh. <laughs> well done, Jacqueline. Thank you. I was waiting for I, Ryan Kruger, huh? Yeah, you, okay. do you remember what? Do you remember what he directed? Something though, something that I liked. Fried Berry. Fried Berry. Yeah. Yes. I think that's yeah. actually a cool fit for that movie, and I'm. I'm awesome. I agree. It's nice mm-hmm. to see that he's doing something since Fried Berry, because you know Fried yeah. Berry is an interesting film, and it was he was kind of threw it together during COVID, and I, I thought he did a pretty good job with that movie. Now, I didn't understand this part of the story because Hollywood is on strike right now. Yeah. The writers, the actors, every every directors, they're all, you know, they're doing the picket line. It is in production in South Africa and okay. expected to be out sometime in 2024, which Maybe doesn't make sense to me. Oh, American. Well, I mean, it's just, it's yeah, hard. the, the strikes are just there. American. Yeah. Well, but still, it's not global. I mean, he, he's an American director. No, is he Canadian? Yeah. He's, I, think, I, believe he's, I believe he's African also. But if he's producing in South Africa and his actors and writers are not American, then he should be fine. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't I think, that, I don't think... Africa, that's where it was filmed, Fried Barry too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he might be South African. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would check it out. Um, I'd see it. Yeah. I, I remember very little about Street Trash because like it's you about like a I, I've seen that it. they all find. Yeah. And, and it makes it, you turn into like goop. Yeah, it's a total body horror movie yeah. from what cool. I remember of. So it's it's going to be fun. Going to be out sometime in twenty twenty four. That like sounds you cool. Turn into like this goop, like you turn into all this like colorful, like just I don't know. It's gross. That'd yeah, be actually, cool if he uh, if he made it and it went straight to Shutter, that'd be nice. I would love that. I think that'd be awesome. Um, they did 
on the story on bloody discussing i gotta give them props man they've always got great stories up there um yeah they, they actually showed the scene of where the poster is the poster is more more cartoonized but like you know the the effects are good i mean for a 1987 movie so looking forward to that in 2024 here are two sub genres you never thought you would hear werewolf and holiday horror okay i'm listening it's called Werewolf Santa. It's been made. <laughs> I love it. Post-production. Okay. Coming out in November in theaters. And our good buddy Joe Bob Briggs makes an appearance in it as a voice. Cool. I read, I, I couldn't find out what voice he plays, but um, Werewolf Santa. Mm-hmm. I guess the synopsis oh. is Santa goes to a village Christmas Eve. Uh, it's a it's a British movie and uh, gets bit by a werewolf, becomes a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty simple concept that, like, you kind of know going into it. Like, either I'm a person who likes this kind of thing or I'm not. Yeah, it's like zombies. It's kind of a s- self-selecting. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that B-movie sound to it, you know? It's just got that... Um, I think it. I think it's going to be similar to um, Scare Package. I mean, I know it's not okay. an anthology, but just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, not taking itself seriously at all. And, you know, Joe Bob being in it, I think that's, you know, that's kind of his... I'm curious you know, that he's just playing a voice too. He is. Yeah. Like what he's, what it's going to stand out if it's a British movie. So I mean, it, that's true. It's yeah. going to. Sounds like a Texan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, you know, every couple of months we actually get a movie that is a gem that everybody loves, and I think we've got one in August. A movie called Talk to Me. You heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah, I've seen it. It's kind of, okay, maybe we should review it later this year. I think there's been some some talk about that. Yeah, talk well, to me, John. Talk not to me. Yeah, talk to me if you want to do. It. I know. Yeah. No, it's a, it's it's raked in like thirty six point five million dollars off a four point five million dollar budget. Nice. Awesome. It's a it's an A twenty four movie, so it's like low budget, but this thing made so much in returns. Uh, and of course, with that, uh, before the Hollywood strike, um, Hollywood goes, "Well, fuck. Well, let's capitalize on this success and make a sequel." So there's one uh, production right now called Talk to the oh. Number Two. Oh, movie. don't do that. Don't of put... course. Oh, no, no, that's that's. No, I mean, I hope they don't what? do that. Just don't do that. I mean, it's so. Oh my god, that's just like so easy. Yeah, it's so yeah. obvious. You know I mean? It's just like low hanging fruit. There, talk to me. Yeah, I get it. John, but... d- John, did you see Talk to Me yet? No, not yet. Me either. No, because it, it. it's yeah, it's been out for three weeks. So I mean, it's just been so busy. So I guess. For me, I'm excited to see it. It's one of the few movies that that I'm like really amped to to watch and like get into. So yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait for it to come on streaming, even if I pay twenty bucks for it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been... is in an interesting spot too right now because I believe they they've adhered to all the um all the things that the strike that they yeah all the things demands that demands yeah want from the strike. So they're able to uh, create movies right now. Yeah, so they're actually moving forward creatively yeah. because they're paying people a fair wage and meeting the That's demands awesome that the actors and like writers want. Studios to go along, just say, "Hey, look, we want to keep creating. So whatever you guys need, like, I'm, you know, it's pretty cool that they're pretty supportive like that." I'm in support of this strike, to be quite honest. I mean, to me, it's like all the people behind the cameras. I mean, yeah, just I everybody it. from from catering, you know, to the. To the best boys, to the to the dolly grips, and everybody else that just puts this you know magical thing together, it's them, mm-hmm. and they deserve health care. They deserve better wages, and it's yeah. not working thirteen hours a day. Yeah. So I, feel like uh, I believe a it. Big thing too, because yeah. you get all these movies that were made, 
and they you know they were released they made their initial money but now they're being passed around licenses get passed around every several months to different streaming sure. companies and these well, movies yeah. are generating money still and then a lot of these people aren't getting any of that money from from that extra and in, you know income that's being generated off movies it's that's all that. yeah it, it is all the creators i mean you see shutter they gain movies they lose movies all the time you know every streaming service to be in and netflix whatever so I'm in support of it. Better wages and a better lifestyle. So I for totally sure. agree. I totally agree. And it's not like these studios don't have the money. Yeah, that's to exactly. pa- to fairly pay their writers and actors. I mean, when you consider what executives are taking home just in like a bonus, I mean, mm-hmm. come on, you could easily pay fair wages to all of your employees with that. Yeah, you give yourself the name executive producer, you are breaking in so much other cash after these things continue to make money and become more and more popular, like these cult classics. You know, I feel really bad for George Romero and his family because Night of the Living Dead became public domain. And it's like, they, they who's who's benefiting off of this? I mean, we do because I get to watch it anywhere I want to watch it for free. So and the one good thing I could say is like maybe the times that that movie's shown in other films has pushed people, new viewers, maybe towards his work uh, because. Of oh, absolutely. Parents and because that, that movie plays anytime there's a TV playing a horror film in another horror movie or like an. It's almost always not a living day. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, it's public domain, so they don't have yeah. to pay jack shit to anybody to play the clips of that. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Mm. <laughs> that was quite good. That Thank was you. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Hydraberg, I think you saw a, did, a recent a movie horror thing. movie. I saw The Last Voyage of the Demeter, also known as Dracula on a Boat. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, yeah, it was entertaining. It's a good theater watch. Um, it, look, it's not going to blow anybody away. It's not going to do anything crazy different. But it, it's an interesting premise of taking this like one chapter of a, of a book. And I don't even know how how descriptive is the book of what happens on the boat. It's because this is it says it's based on the captain's log. So I don't mm. know how much of that was in. I never read um, Stoker's Dracula. So I don't remember. It's been about 20 years since I read that. So okay. I don't remember that part of it, really. But I feel like everybody knows the story of like Dracula being transported from sure. Transylvania to like London. Yeah. And, you know, the the lore of like, oh, he has to travel with some of the dirt from his, you know, home world, uh, his homeland. And like that's part of like his mystique. And he's in like his basic form when he's in there and he's, you know, he's got to transform. He's got to feed to survive on rats or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting premise of like, you know, it's like it's a one setting film, right? It's all happening on this boat. So there's no escape from this this creature but there's other there's other things that play and there's some cool characters and uh the actors are all pretty good i would recommend checking it out um yeah i like that is it a theater watch or would you recommend for streaming if you could catch it in the theater i would go you know um it'd be good streaming too it's gonna be good at home but you know it's got it's 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 got that appeal of like that theater watch where everything's soaked in darkness and the sound effects are pretty cool and the creature effects are cool it's uh majority of it i believe is practical like the, it's a guy in a suit for most of it you know so I, I like that a lot of movies just go straight cg right off the bat because it can be cheaper or, or at least easier for them so uh i like that and there's um some really good actors in it there's a child actor i think i just i just watched cobweb also mm. um and i think the same kid i don't know his name but i think the same kid that stars in that was in um demeter so i recommend it Look, it's hey, he's got a resume movie. already. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a fun film, and it's got some nice. scares to it. Is this nice. kid the Jenna Ortega of 2023? It could be. I mean, he's got two <laughs> movies that just get released in theaters. Both horror, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Interesting. All right. Yeah, that's all, that's all I got. Unless okay. you got something, Jacqueline. Nope, I got nothing. <laughs> there is a actually. part in the movie, Samuel Jackson, he's like, he comes out and he's like, I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking Draculas on this motherfucking <laughs> boat. And you know what? Like, that's cool, but it's kind of out of place. <laughs> and then he goes, mm, mm, that was a tasty burger. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to make a joke related to that. And I'm so glad it was you and not me who made it because it was a lot funnier than anything oh, I would have said. Real quick. I have, I have a, I have one thing I want to mention about the last week's uh, show. Yeah, I want to apologize. My my audio dip. I noticed when when the show released that my audio dipped a little bit towards like the end of the podcast. I don't know. I think it was just a like a bandwidth thing or something. It's it's not very noticeable, but it was to me. So I apologize for that. But my main thing is I made a French Connection comment and like a joke based on a French Connection talk, and then I realized I'm just thinking to myself like I was talking about the fucking Italian job, like a totally different language. <laughs> French Connection, Italian job. Like, I could see how I got it mixed up. I mentioned Mark Wahlberg and Shalice Theron, and then I realized, that, like, wait a minute, I'm talking about the Italian job, which is an well, old... I didn't, they I didn't catch it, French so... French Connection, too. It's, the Italian job's pretty old, also. It's around the same yeah. time as French Connection, but... Don't feel bad, because I didn't even... I didn't even. Yeah, notice. but I realized I myself, I kicked myself. I'm like, you're a horse's ass. Like, <laughs> 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 Jeez, you're so harsh. That was... Anyway. I, that was definitely solid to admit that, though. I, we didn't catch it, and I didn't hear your cutout. Someone listening will, and I'm admitting my fault today. So yeah, better to admit it first before somebody else can, you know, ridicule you. The joke it. still, it was still a good joke. It was just based yeah. on the wrong movie. So <laughs> That's okay. um, we should probably get into the show. Um, so yeah. this pick was from our fearless leader, Jacqueline. Is anyone surprised? Uh-huh. <laughs> Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Perfume, <laughs> the story of a murderer from 2006. Ooh, okay. Now I'm curious, very curious. Why, oh, why did you pick this movie? Um. Okay. So I'm about to tell you something that you guys don't know about me. I myself actually have like a pretty serious obsession with perfume. And nice. I'm like a very scent oriented person. Um, you know how they say that scent is the sense that is most closely linked with memory. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that before? I don't yeah, know. It is, it is, I don't know I if that's like. true. Is that true? Because I've heard it oh, enough it that like it seems like it could memories. be. Um, but I, in my experience, that's absolutely true. And um, I'm a person who enjoys nostalgia. Like I, I just, you know, some people really like that experience of nostalgia. And for me, fragrance or any like scents in general are very tied to like well there's two things that I enjoy about them one is just like the aesthetic quality of the the fragrance but also um for me it is very tied to memory and so that kind of feeds my like my enjoyment and the pleasure that I get from nostalgia it's like kind of this uh you know, intermixed experience for me. So I actually I have like probably close to like 200 perfumes. Oh my God. And like I had like for different moods and different seasons and different ingredients and some are very classic and some are very bizarre and experimental and like certain things I wear at certain times of year for whatever. So do you have any um, goth fake fragrances? I actually have um, I have one by someone that I know we all love Elvira. Oh, nice. I have an Elvira perfume and it's actually really lovely. It's um, it's called Double D. <laughs> oh no, hers are way bigger than Double D. <laughs> okay. It's actually this sounds silly. It's actually called Zombie. Oh cool! But like it that. smells like a melange, if you will, of like black cherry, tobacco, and vanilla. Mm. And it's very very nice. 
I, I know cigarettes are gross and cigars are gross, but tobacco has a beautiful smell. Yeah, it does. I, mean, I completely like, agree. Like, like yeah. a fresh, well, a fresh, like even when it's dehydrated, it's just got this kind of like. Mm-hmm. I love it. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe like a, like almost like a fruity smell, just a very pleasant, just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Like you ever walk into a tobacco shop? I mean, it's just it's yeah. just, it's like it's such a, like a lovely, aroma, but it's really lovely fragrance. Yeah, it really is, especially if they don't smoke in there. You know, like I cigars mean, smell great before you burn them a lot too. You know, oh, yeah. yes. Then, so like then, tobacco has a different smell from smoke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that Elvira one, I would actually definitely call that unisex. Although I think any perfume can be unisex. Like I don't really agree exactly. with labels of like you know certain things for certain genders or certain ages or whatever i think just like wear what you like and who cares but stop with the labels people yeah but i definitely think that a lot of men would find it to be a pleasant fragrance so anyway so you said do i have any goth fragrances there you go i got one nice (laughs) um so yeah it's just it's a thing that i tend to obsess over and i have my little like websites that i go to and i have my little underground sources where i get things that have been discontinued and vintage this and that and um yeah i've spent like some embarrassing quantities of money on perfumes from time to time (laughs) uh to get something like vintage that they don't make anymore and you know so um so that's long been a fascination of mine i had heard of this movie when it first came out around early 2007, because I remember seeing some trailers and marketing and stuff for it. But it was one of those things that looked interesting at the time, and it just got away from me. And I never kind of found my way back to it. And then last summer, I was walking through a park, and they had one of those little free libraries, you know, where people can drop off a book, and you can take a book and put a book. And a copy of the novel, Perfume, was there. And I hadn't realized that it was based on a novel, but sure enough, the movie is based on a German novel from 1986. So of course I grabbed the book and left one in return. And um, I, I, I started reading it a few weeks ago in the hopes of finishing it by the time we recorded this. And unfortunately I failed. <laughs> um, I'm, I've only got about two thirds of the way through the novel, but I found it absolutely mesmerizing. And so I... I uh, I had not seen the movie. I had not read the book. So I kind of just threw this on the schedule. I thought, well, it's time. You know, let's let's put it in there. If nothing else, it'll, you know, make me finally get around to watching it and maybe finally force me to, to wow, read the book. See, I, I want to peg that because this I peg this as like this is an older Jacqueline film that you watched when it came out in 2007. And it seems like it would be right. Yeah, and, you, and you've kind of loved this film, you know, even though not everybody knows of it or has talked about it. But like and so we threw it on the docket like, hey, mm-hmm. I've, I have a I have a I have a chance to talk about this movie, so let's let's review it. I too also yeah. collect some clones. I have one called Sex Panther. Fifty percent <laughs> of the time, all the time. That's pungent. Yeah, outlawed and like on your face was so funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it really burns the nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so now you guys know a little weird thing of mine. Um, so yeah, so basically putting it on the schedule was just a way to force myself to finally get to it because um, I knew it just seemed like it was really up my alley and uh, and also forced me to try to get through the book. So that's All right. basically why. So if it is up your alley, Jacqueline, does perfume the story of a murder fuck or suck? The pheromones of this movie are just right for me. It's... Um, the pheromones intoxicate me. Our our oils mingle and just uh, combine into a perfect melange, if you will. Uh, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. If we ever came so, out with our own perfume. That's what it would be called. Melange. Oh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Write that down. So presented by, by Rob, Rob Zombie. Zombie. 
<laughs> John, you're fucking great minds, bro. Great minds. I'm going to write to Rob Zombie and uh, see if he wants to Please, collaborate. Can create a fragrance? Maybe Sherry and I can work name? together. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking that Rob Zombie writes the forward to Hydroberg's um, Reach Around Book, the coffee yes. table book. I think that would only be appropriate. I, yeah, that's what I want to see is the cover of the book. John, the Reach book's around... called Eye Drops for the Soul. I... <laughs> they make me moist. Yeah, I've, it's a working title. Forward, Jacqueline it. lost it. <laughs> yeah. She lost it again. That was a good joke, you guys. Um. Anyway, so it fucks. John, okay. what do you think? Does it fuck or suck? I'm a little nervous. You seem like you hate it. <laughs> I'm going to surprise the shit out of you then. Um, I felt really, really dirty that, <laughs> during this movie. If You know, I said it's like like you're, you're voyeuristic, but then you end up joining in. I didn't want any part of this orgy of riches but man was this a good movie um oh okay i've got a huge problem with the end of it okay um, it just it, it, it didn't hit me right i've only seen it one time but i am gonna give it a pretty solid fuck but i feel dirty afterwards okay all right like a like an 18th century parisian you feel dirty and stinky huh? no i just i i felt dirty <laughs> like i was being a pervert you know oh. <laughs> not not okay. not that kind of dirty got it okay Hydraberg, what do you think? Well, I am a pervert. So uh, <laughs> so you felt fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This picture is a little shy at first, and you start to get to know it. As you move in closer, you catch a whiff of its essence, and you oh, the thought of sex and murder consume you. Before you know it, you've been driven to a carnal act without even realizing why. The power of scent undresses your senses as you uh, for an enjoyable fuck. This is a fuck. Goodness. Wow, are you going to start writing poems for fucks or sucks okay. now too? That no, was I, very I write po- erotic literature. On the <laughs> <side as> well. <laughs> well, that sounded like something Dear you would read at like a, a poetry slam or an open mic night where you gently flutter the pages to the floor when you're done and then people snap. Like this? Yeah, that was lovely. That was a lovely fucks or sucks, Hydrenberg. <laughs> All right, well, I'm pleasantly surprised because while I was watching it last night, I was like, oh, I wonder if the guys are going to hate me for this. <laughs> Oh, so, when we get to the end, I'll, I'll, I'll have film, some problems. Yeah, no, it's not perfect, it's, uh, but I'm. I enjoyed I'm, it. I'm pleasantly uh, surprised that you guys were into it. So, John, you want to drop that spoiler warning? Sure. We'll be talking about. Oh wait, hold on. <clears throat> <clears throat> we'll be talking about perfume, the story of a murderer from 2006 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, <laughs> who's the podcast? Who's the podcast? Go watch it. <laughs> Then come back to find out what we thought about it. Amazing. Thank you. Hydroberg, are your eyes I, moist and ready to go for your? I am moistened. I I, put, I sprinkled a little perfume on my my rhizomes. Spit take. Sorry. Yeah. I sprinkled some on my tank. I feel like we have a high concentration of jokes tonight. John, I don't. Your tank's very sensitive. You shouldn't spray anything on it. I, no shit. I'm sitting on yeah. an ice pack right now. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> You need some like aloe gel. Something musky if you're gonna put it on there, you know. That's why I put the perfume on. It was musky. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. God. Anyway, you guys ready? Hold on. I need to mute because I'm having a hard time being quiet right now. Okay. A peasant born thrown in the muck. The day he's born, his nostrils struck. From out the air, his scents it plucks. Every scent that fills the world. Most precious that of a girl. The perfect blend aroma's world. The need to preserve a scent. To Baldini his talents lent. Achieved his goal to grass he went. Along the way of smells he dreamt. Create the perfect fragrance the mission. The top note is the essence of women. The middle being the method he killed them. And base note if not already clear. 
the act of the murder, their essence of fear. All of these women died all alone, gathered from the body their pheromone. Add the 13th ingredient and create a cologne, one strong enough to conquer this world. His victim's bodies furled, their oils mixed and gently swirled. His masterpiece, this perfumer grooms, his danger looms, a scent that's meant to consume the room, the scent of murder in a perfume. Oh my gosh, Superb. that was so Superb. good, dude. Thank you. I It, it was, yeah, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, really, was, really man. good. Fantastic. Yeah, where you said blend, I feel like you could have worked melange in there, even though it's an extra syllable. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't cross my mind, honestly. But uh, and once That's she okay. started talking about, it, I was like, "Damn it, I should put melange." In. It's French. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It was that was top it was, notch. I was interesting too because when I started this film, I'm like, "Oh, it's a French film," so I was expecting subtitles right off the bat, and then they were just speaking English, and I was surprised, kind of. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I if I stumbled upon the the English dub, but I'm just gonna keep. It's two and a half hours, so I felt like, "Fuck it, I'll keep it on there as long as it." It makes sense. Yeah. Jacqueline, that's a problem. It's two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a little things. long. It, it, there are parts where it really drags. But here's here's the thing. This movie captured me from the very first moment. Really? Because yeah. it's just like it, like you got this, it's not fake. It, it, like it, there are a lot of fucking people in this movie. And yes. the way they filmed it, I mean it's so beautifully shot. You know, you see this uh the way the actor looked that played Jean. Um you know, he he looked skinny. He looked like like he he was of poor descent and just real skinny and sickly looking. I, I I thought the actor was perfect. He was like superb in this. But I love that shot. And then it goes to the mom. You know, disgusting. Like like where a fish is just stinking everything. Yeah, uh, introduction. Our introduction to Baptiste is pretty shocking. I feel like. Oh my god! It it oh, I was so hard to watch. I was just like. Are we really get... fucking? It, was that a real baby? It looked. I mean, it, se- it definitely seemed like it. I thought it was. I'm like, how the fuck are you doing this to a child? I mean, yeah, she like literally <clears throat> gives birth to him right under her like fish cart stand, mm-hmm. and then just keeps and then, right like, on going. Picks him over to the, and they. It's like because she's she's had like at least five babies. Well, this is the fifth baby that's been stillborn or like semi stillborn. And so I guess she just assumed this one was going to be two. And like she dropped it and went back to work. She's got to make that money. Mm-hmm. And it's that just, was- hard. I don't know. It's tough to watch because you're just like, I feel for her too. At the same time, the image of this baby in the filth, in the fish guts and like covered in afterbirth. It's like tough to look at. I was like, fuck, this is like image. If I pause it right now, like I might get a tear in my eye. I'm just like, no. it's pretty unsettling to watch. And just- then the yeah. idea of like her discarding it that way. Yeah, I, I I was curious when I watched it. Jacqueline, what did you think? I mean, I know you really dislike that stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it when didn't it bother crying. me so much. Yeah, I don't like hearing it crying. That that's sad. But um the thing is in the in the early parts of the book, and I'm I apologize in advance, I am gonna be referring to the book here and there, not to like contrast it, because you know, a movie is its own thing. But no, I think because smart. a novel, you know, it's actually very similar to the two thirds of the novel I've read so far. But I feel like there's so much more in the novel that I can chime in to like enrich our understanding of the movie a little bit. Because of yeah. course, you can't include everything, and I think that's why it's so long is because it's trying to include as much of the novel as it can, and I think it does a pretty good job. But something that happens in the novel is like from the moment the child is born, he's portrayed as being just sort of automatically kind of repulsive to everybody around him there's Mm. something 
indefinable that people that every person who comes into contact with him um like feels that that makes them not want to be around him um and that they don't know what it is but they're they're turned off by him and awkward like socially he's awkward but even more than that it's that um he's described as he's compared with insects a lot in the narration of the book so the book is like very interior like there's a lot of interior narration there's very little dialogue it's like almost entirely descriptions of like interior thoughts and feelings um but it's he's compared to insects a lot in in the sense that he is kind of unfeeling and unemotional and like has no sense of like attachment to other people Mm. and that he only survives uh kind of by sheer will and 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 almost like out of spite <laughs> against yeah, that's how humanity. Birth, that's how his birth is portrayed. Yeah. Like and <laughs> yeah, and and the fact that he himself has no scent of his own is um described very early on in the book, like in the first okay. chapter. Um in the movie, I feel like he we and he don't discover that until later, but in the book, every like it's we the readers are aware of it from the get-go. And in fact, after his mother is hanged he's um sent to like a church and the priest there hires a wet nurse to to nurse him and the wet nurse actually brings him back to the church after a few days and is like i don't want this baby anymore like i don't even want the money you're gonna pay me i don't want this child he creeps me out i think he's the devil and the priest is like what what are you talking about she's like he doesn't smell right he doesn't smell like a baby i don't like it he doesn't doesn't smell right and he's like what yeah exactly (laughs) Exactly. And so so from the get-go, he's kind of marked in a way, and he's Sheet. like separate from other people. So in that way, be, watching the movie and like knowing how he's supposed to be like kind of almost um like reptilian in nature, it's like he does it just didn't bother me that much. He has areas of his skin that have like what looks sort of scaly, mm-hmm. sort of like uh, some kind of disorder, um, you know, like a skin disease or something that happened. I didn't get that. I, I think it's body. It, yeah, it just seemed like like there were a lot of um, you know a lot of bacteria and stuff like that, and where he grew up. You talking one about thing that skin? really, yeah, I, I, I did it's notice on him that, throughout the I, entire film, though, when he takes his shirt off, it's always by the yeah, neck. Yeah, it like make can. yeah, it does make sense of what you guys are talking about. You know, Jacqueline, when you say that you know in the book he is described as an insect, you know, but I just yeah. this movie like shocked me like from the very beginning, and then it 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 you know it was a character build. You know, you've mm-hmm. learned about all these other characters and there were so many characters to follow. So I didn't write any names down. I just went, that's fine. Let's go for the ride. Um, so yeah, the, uh, he goes to the convent and, uh, I, you know, the first thing that other kids do is try to suffocate this. Another baby. tough scene exactly. to look at. Yeah. I know. And I was the like, kids well, leaning I mean, they're pressing hard. on the yeah. baby's face. Yes. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. What are you doing? And then the lady that saves him is she's not saving him because you're trying to kill baby. You're you're trying to kill some of my income. I'm gonna make money yeah. off that baby. Yeah, that's the main issue. It's tough to watch, but I get it because he came from nothing, and um, I kind of like that. You know, rags to riches sort of story. Not that he ever got to the riches, but he could have once the, yes. the story is done. Like when he creates his massive perfume, mm-hmm. he be- um, he became a superhero. I do think the uh, oh, what was I gonna? There was a moment in the beginning that really struck with me. Oh, the idea like it never really dawns on me because you don't you. You know that like these times 
you know, that there were smells of this time because we didn't have sewer systems the way we do now. And so right. but yeah. when they show it and, you're, and they're talking about it, the narrate John Hurt's narrating it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's great narration by John Hurt, by the way. Um, and like you're thinking, like, imagine this, you're like your daily life, you're out and about and you're dealing with, you know, people's sewage in the streets. You're in the fish markets. You got that smell, the smell of everybody's hygiene, because people aren't showering every day. We, we they don't have deodorants and soaps like the way we do. Perfume is a luxury. It's not something everybody mm-hmm. has. Yeah, exactly. So like all those things combined, imagine just being out and about like a cottage in the country must be such a big thing to be away from those smells and have that like fresh air mm-hmm. would be so that's a- the thing. Amazing. When he goes off into solitude, yeah, that's what he's seeking. He's seeking to get away from as many smells as possible. Like early on, like overstimulated. Exactly. How powerful his nose is. So early on, he wants to be in the thick of things because he's trying to collect all Experience, the smells. Yeah. It's like he's trying to add to his collection and catalog. Yeah. He has like a database. Sm- that's exactly what it his is. His brain works like a photographic memory, but not with imagery, with sense instead. That's that's he exactly categor- right. Categorizes them and catalogs them. And so once he has completed his collection, I mean, he tells Baldini, like, I know every scent in the world. Yeah. He wants to be he wants to be as far away from all that external stimulation as possible and just kind of live within his own, like, experience his own catalog. Um, and like... The the so in the movie he's only there for like a few weeks. In the book he stays in that cave for seven years. Oh, that wow. explains why he grows a beard and long hair. <laughs> because in the movie he goes into this cave which is void of scent, and that's where he realizes that he has no scent of his own. Right. All right. And then which explains why he somehow his nose is able to do what it does because he has like the nose of like a dog. He's able to like distinguish several scents at once and tell what like you could you could prepare a meal and he can break down the spices in it mm-hmm. that's how his yeah. nose works uh that's not normal like normal people no. break down no. we have senses that are highlighted some people but um a lot of times it's because you took a sense away and they overdeveloped another one you know what i mean like someone that's blind true here better that's a good blah, point blah, 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 i want to give yeah i want to give this mother uh movie another kudo is is the shots uh the cinematography was great it um is. even even in the dingy dirty part of france you know where it's just gross and you feel gross after seeing it there's a contrast of going what was the name of that town he went to grass grass well it was grass and we smoked the grass in france <laughs> um but, I no, feel like but even like, when he goes to with baldini it's like a separate area of town so it's like a, a better area yes. yeah yeah a little higher end yeah, yeah. Above the my fucking mind when the building just fell. But um, I love that because they 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 built it in there though. Like the 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 I thought it was like an earthquake happening yeah. uh, every mm-hmm. once in a while, like tremors, and like he was used to it. But I love that they they built in that like his building crumbles. You notice like anybody that gave away um, Baptiste, like gave him away, got some kind of untimely death right after, right? The yeah. old bitch lady, uh, his mother, his mother, his first breath mm-hmm. killed his mother, right? Mm-hmm. He cried his first breath. Like he, like his senses are going off as soon as he's born, too, as a baby. He's mm-hmm. like grabbing everything, absorbing it, and then he cries. And his mother's trying to get away. She gets she gets killed at the gallows because of that. Then, yeah, uh, I forgot her name, Gilliard or Gillard. I think Something it was like the that, orphanage yeah. lady. Yeah, she gives him away. She sells him to that merchant guy or that whatever whatever that guy is, a fish market dude. Oh, it was like the, the tanner. The a, he was a tanner, Grimal. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the goat skin, yeah. Oh, my God. That guy was so gross looking. He had bumps all <laughs> over his face and, like, chin whiskers and, like, his face was sweaty. But He yeah, probably as as, smelled great. <laughs> yeah, as soon as she gets paid from that, she gets mugged and robbed. 
then that guy, when he sells them to uh, um, Baldini, he gets he has an accident. He falls off like the, the ledge and hits his head and then drowns. Mm-hmm. And then Baldini dies. Uh, it's so weird. These untimely deaths that sort mm-hmm. of happen. And they're not Baptiste's fault. He didn't do anything. No, but it's like somehow he just leaves it in his wake. Right. Yeah. Well, like the last guy that, that yeah, the last guy that was his boss got hung and they didn't hold anything back. They just showed that shit, which was fantastic to me, like showing the gallows. And it wasn't like this big elaborate thing, you know, a big giant stage with, you know, somebody going down. It's like this box dug into a hole, goes, he's, he's gone. Mm-hmm. I love that shot. We <laughs> get to see like Baptiste when he's like a teenager um, and we see like he's got like a spidey sense with his scent. Like he can sense things around him. Like you throw something at him, he can smell what you're throwing at him, and he knows yeah, he can smell. Of, like how close it is. He can dodge it. Like it's weird, um, but it's interesting. I I think his character is pretty interesting, and I, I I do enjoy the the storytelling of like I think it ushers you along throughout his life pretty well. Now there are moments, John. You said it does drag here and there. It's mm-hmm. a little bloated. It's two and a half hours. It's not horrible though. Uh, no, it's not like you're like oh my god, when is this gonna end? <laughs> oh, I, I didn't hate it. I was actually no, I entertained by the whole movie. I, I think it I has just, some painting I, issues, I, but they're not yeah, horrible. I just felt like, oh, come on. We're only an hour and 30 minutes. I do feel like with hour. two and a half hours, they could have told a little bit more story, maybe. Uh, there are some moments that I wish they embellished a little bit more on. Like I think um, I, I really enjoyed the time he spent with Baldini. Um, yes. I, and we got a pretty decent amount there. Uh, mm-hmm. The time that when he goes into Grasse, I feel like they kind of speed through that a little bit. And we hear about Grasse as this place. And I wish I got to see him learning more about sense while he was there and picking up more things and learning. Because I don't feel like he was a complete artist when he gets to Grasse. You know, like he's learning along the way. He learned so much with Baldini. and But he has this raw talent of just being able to decipher smells. Mm-hmm. But- so he knows all the sense. The main, I think the main dr- drive that he has is strictly the art of preserving the scent. Yeah, just like preservation he, is really all he cares about. He only he gets really that care idea the first time perfumes. he meets that one woman and and discovers her scent. Uh, even Say that through, again. Like, Sorry, I didn't hear. I the said he that. only realizes that that that's his drive. Right. Once he meets that one woman that first time in the city, the plum so, girl. Can I read you a quick. Could I read? Is you that a what those were? Plums? plums. I was yeah, going to look at my notes. I didn't know what the fuck they were. Yeah, they were plums. Could I read you a quick? passage because i if if you don't mind i have a couple passages i'd like to yeah, sprinkle like throughout bring a little light and shadow on the podcast yeah yeah normally I, I just don't have as much time for reading as i wish i did but if i could i would read all these books read to um, us. so it said all the so this is him thinking about the fragrance of that girl the first girl you know that he kills the harmony of all these components yielded a perfume so rich so so rich so balanced so magical that every perfume that Grunwe had smelled until now, every edifice of odors that he had so playfully created within himself, seemed at once to be utterly meaningless. A hundred thousand odors seemed worthless in the presence of this scent. This one scent was the higher principle, the pattern by which the others must be ordered. It was pure beauty. Grunwe knew for certain that unless he possessed this scent, his life would have no meaning. Wow. That actor portrayed that perfectly because when she passed away because he accidentally suffocated her. You know, he yeah. wasn't trying to kill her. He didn't break her neck or anything like that. He was just trying to keep her quiet. Um, but like when when he got her naked, which, okay, um, the the way he was going over her body wasn't sexual at all because it was just like, I, I, I need to- He's I trying to, to capture her scent, but then you see as she dies, she loses it. Yeah, and he gets- it's fading, That's when he- yeah. Getting frustrated. Yeah, he gets angry or disappointed that or, or was the, sad. I think that was great acting. 
I yeah. thought it so too. I thought that was a great scene, you know, and that's one of the ones where I think he could have cut a little bit of the of the stocking of this oh, because okay. it went on it went on quite a bit, you know. I look, like to me, Jacqueline, when you were talking about the baby had a wet nurse and she brought brought the baby back to the monastery and says, "Screw this, this kid." That would have been an interesting scene to see in the film. I think so. I mean, there's a couple yeah. of things that could have been cut, and it's just like I I like the scene when he's uh, preteen. It might have been 10 or 11 or something. And he's laying there and he says rock and like water and Stone, warm. Yeah. Yeah. He's smelling oh. everything. And I, I thought that was in the way it was shot, you know, it was just kind of this. Yeah. He's like a superhero. The way he can break sense up. That's what I said. He had, he had superhero. Yeah. And it travels like he can sense maybe diminish sense, but as, he can go pretty far with it. And if there's a certain sense he cues in on like the woman's, yeah. he can follow it wherever like mm-hmm. a bloodhound um is, i do think that like the missing ingredient that really drives him is the scent of a woman and as uh, like you know a hua like yeah, <laughs> i was know, waiting for that. it <laughs> yeah but i just because i don't know as a man like there the scent of a woman can drive you crazy um you mm-hmm. know, you let your girlfriend borrow your, your sweatshirt and then you take it back and then her smells on it. And you think about her whenever you you get that, that. that sense of smell. And like you said, Jacqueline, it, it, it unleashes something sense of smell, pheromones and things like that. They're very powerful and they can yep. elicit reactions from us that are interesting. Uh, the way it just sort of like like the way that people don't realize what they're doing anymore once they smell his perfume or yeah. like certain things. it. They forget. They, they, yeah. They're brought somewhere. They're transported. I mean, it's literally intoxicating to them, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and especially on the opposite end, Jacqueline. I mean, it's just like, like, is there that scent where you're just like, because <laughs> yes. I'm the same way. And and Heidelberg, you're absolutely right. True words have never been spoken because, man, I and I got like goosebumps just thinking about it. You know, just thinking about sense of of like that you really really enjoyed and wow, you're like, oh, I think okay. when you were when you were a kid and look. I'm not trying to be creepy, but everybody's been in that position where there's like a pretty girl who sat in front of you in class and her hair is hanging over on your desk and you can Mm -hmm. smell it like as you're Mm -hmm. working. And it's a distraction. And it's like we're young at these moments and you just sort of like don't realize like these sensor like opening things up in your body or like emotions and things that like you don't realize you have. And that scent gets locked in, I think, to your memory. I mean, it's the Mm -hmm. craziest thing because you can smell something once and then forget about it. And then I swear, like at least this happens to me 20, 30 years later, you can smell it. And immediately you have that yeah. memory again. And mm-hmm. you could have never called up that scent yourself to your own memory. But if you smell it again, like Something I, I have the perfume that my, both my mom and my kindergarten teacher used to wear is Liz Claiborne perfume. Oh, wow. This was 1987. Okay. Yeah. And my mom is 35 again, and I can smell my kindergarten teacher from 1987. I mean, it's That's just amazing. You know, it's a it's kind of a magical. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All the ladies back in uh, middle school for me got to sniff my Dracar Noir because it's classic. It's classic. I was a bro man back then. I was trying (laughs) to be cool. I wasn't. It's classic Actually, for a reason, man. You know what? I still use cool water. Cool water to me is <gasps> me like a more too. Yeah, cool, cool water, water smells good, you know. man. Like a good yeah, scent does. is a good scent, regardless of times changing. It's true. Certain and CK1? You, you guys remember CK1? I do. What about Curve? But, I used to love Curve. I know it's like a cheap I wore that yesterday. Yes, Curve is really... <laughs> that's what I, I know a lot of women that will buy men's scents because they remind them of an ex or like, or just, or just yeah. like, they kind of like sometimes having that manlier sense. Yes. Uh, sent around on something. I have at least a dozen yeah. that, I, right. that I have so, that I wear. I so here's another one that you might remember. Jupe. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Jupe is very. I've, I've got Jupe. I've got Cool Water, and I found a new favorite. It's Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, I but do I got like it from that. Marshall, so like it that. only cost me like fifteen bucks. Sometimes that's the best place to get fragrances. Yeah, anyway, sorry. The, Sponsor the, the show, Marshalls. Pheromone use too is uh, like you can buy colognes that supposedly have pheromones in them. You can. Uh, that mm. is a market that's out there. And so See, I don't, these things are meant I, to elicit uh, a reaction I, of the opposite sex or whatever. I don't know about that. I think it, I think the body, the anatomy and physiology of a body, you produce your own pheromones, and you put it's something true. on. You put something on something that, that, that complements your true scent, if you will. That mm-hmm. that will it, it almost radiates off you, and mm-hmm. and you know, men, women, whoever's attracted to you, or whoever you're attracted to. Or gravi- that gravitates towards them. I thought this was portrayed perfectly with Jean, you know, chasing around the uh, uh, plum girl. Yeah. Those plums looked awesome, by the way. They did. Well, and something I wanted to mention as well is that I, I, th- I think you guys already kind of hinted at this, but I wanted to make it explicit, which is that he's not interested in, in their physical beauty. He's not interested in what they no, look like. Just, uh... He's he's not interested in them at all, other than for their scent. Mm-hmm. And um, so I actually think it's a little bit of a misstep near the end when Alan Rickman is like, oh, all the girls he's killed have been exceptionally beautiful. And who is there more beautiful than you? Well, that's not really what it's about. I can yeah, see. Because then from... they show a couple of the girls and they're just like really poor. So-so. And, and yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I don't know that that checks out. But so it, but it doesn't really matter that they're beautiful. That you know, the ones who are beautiful are beautiful. Um, it's it's it, all about the. I think Laura reminds him of him. that first scent. I think probably so too with the it's red. It's like hair. he lost the first scent, and then this is when he meets Laura. This is that another scent mm-hmm. similar that's driven him, and he can't escape it. Like he- I agree, and, and I agree with Jacqueline. I, I you know, it wasn't about the beauty. Yes, Alan Rickman says that one time. I think the but you biggest can see why point he was, might understand it that way. Well, his daughter is mistaken. I mean, like, no, I absolutely. Yeah, he he's fearful for he loves his daughter. You know, not in a creepy dad kind of way, just no, a very no. protective dad. And mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't the point. The big point they made is that sh- they were never violated, right? Like 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 sexually violated, like where where. I guess even back then, you know, that was a thing. So, oh yeah, it, 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 well, oh, like, it's been a thing since the beginning of time. Oh, absolutely. People, and, the people investigating the crimes were so baffled by it because that was and, normal behavior of these type. You'd find victims, women, discarded and beaten or raped or whatever, and like, and this guy wasn't doing it. So it's like, what the fuck is he doing this for? I don't think he has con- any sex drive whatsoever. No, really I don't think doesn't. so either. Not at all, you know. And I think what contradicts what Alan Rickman says is they sh- he shaves their head. Yeah, because he's, he's using a, the hair to to hair. concentrate yeah, exactly. that, that which I got really grossed out by. Oh yeah, you don't like hair. You don't... Animal fat on it, and when he discards <laughs> it, it's just like Ugh. I get picture <laughs> that like in the drain in the shower, and I gotta like, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Ugh, like oh, <laughs> no. The, the only gross. time hair bothers Come me is when my somebody's pulling. Yeah, yeah. When somebody's pulling it out of their throat, and I'm just like, that's the time when hair bothers me. there's a world that like if he was like a wealthy man, he could have been like. Hey, I'm an artist. Can I roll you? Because there is a world where you could have rolled these women in this thing and collected mm-hmm. the fat off their naked bodies and they were still alive. Like they don't have to be dead. I feel like to. Right. Well, the process I don't feel like their down. essence comes out of them just because they're dead. I feel like right. him killing them is the only means that he knows how to do it because nobody's going to sit down and do this for him. He's right. tried with the hooker and she yeah. bugged out. You know what I mean? She like, did. like, yeah. 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 Because he doesn't cut them up. He just scrapes their body with this like right, right. wax yeah. kind of scraper or fat scraper or whatever it is. And it's like, if you voluntarily did this for him, like 
I could see this act being done without anybody getting hurt, but like he obviously he went too far. Yeah. He's just learning I, I, as he goes too. No, I got the I got the vibe you needed. It was almost like a soul. Like he didn't want them dead. Like like she, he, they would or he would cover them just before they died. So it was like like he was so pissed off about the plum girl that he had to figure out a way to trap it and just be able to to get the essence yeah, of Yeah, but you of trap it one. in the fat in the fabric and then you drain that out. Right. Well, he's yeah. perfected I, that technique. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I like that and you the see other, him trying to perfect his technique along the way and like yeah. Too. yeah yeah he learns and yeah. i don't know i don't know if i'm the only one who felt this way but after all this trial and error when he kills the the twins at the um the i didn't think he was going to kill the, twins. the maze or whatever the maze, yeah. yeah and then the the process actually works for the yeah. first was that when it worked for the first time after the twins at the the maze or the hide and seek or whatever yeah, he, the first like time the that fr- it actually worked, I, mm-hmm. I felt triumphant for him, even though he killed somebody. I was like, oh, oh. it I thought it worked with the hooker. But oh, that's right. Kind of yeah, you're right. Like the procedure, like he, he didn't mean to kill her. I, I, we don't know how it was going to go, but it, for a moment there, I thought he was going to cut her arm off because he only wrapped part of her arm. I think he was just perfecting like his technique. And then he realized, well, what if I just do entire sheets of this paper? They're dead already. And I could just roll their whole their whole body up. It felt like a Dexter moment for me, but oh yeah, yeah, the like yeah, the procedure like, of it all, the, the yeah. nature of like his, you know, setting up the like he would what he would put the fat on the paper, the the gauze, very, or whatever it was that he's very OCD. He's a craftsman. He's, a craftsman. He a craftsman. Yeah. he's not very doing this particular. out of emotion. He's not yeah. wild and like erratic about he, it. He's very like he um, has controlled. a grander idea of what he wants. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's not a murderer in his own mind. Like. Because the thing that he will create based on these women's deaths is going to be grander than, you know what I mean? Than their their lives. lives, Right. Mm -hmm. And so in his mind, like whatever he creates is going to benefit the world. Um, Well, two things. I'm glad the dog didn't die. That was a cute dog. A little Pekingese. (laughs) Just like a G-Baby's dog. G-Baby's dog. Yeah, it is like G-Baby's dog. I I thought the same thing. And I I love that scene too where he tries out. So that's where it works. It works the first time with the hooker. Because he tries out her sense. You're right. You're right. You're right. On his on his palm or like his mm. um the toughness of like by his thumb of his hand and the dog turns around and senses it and comes because it's the smell of its owner yep so exactly then, right that's where he knows all right my method's perfected like i've i've actually captured her essence i also love just to back up i love the moments that he spends with baldini like dustin hoffman was just so quirky and like i could have watched like another 15 minutes at least of just his character like putzing around his fucking shop and like the fact that he was like kind of uh, you know, he was like losing his edge in his career, right? He wasn't in tune with what scents were anymore. You know, we see that secret. Why would I want to know what's his name scent or whatever? But then yeah. what do we see? He's got it in his fucking secret stash and he's already been trying to reverse engineer it. And I think that's interesting too, to see that way of reverse mm-hmm. engineering a scent and adding to it. And then when he meets Baptiste, Baptiste can easily just puts it together yeah. with nine ingredients. And he's like, you can't mix it like that, but it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. he's not refined as far as his technique, but his right. sense of smell is so strong. It doesn't matter. He knows exactly what little little droplets to add. It's it's very interesting to watch him work and then watch Dustin Hoffman's like expression. Yeah, I, I I loved seeing Dustin Hoffman in this movie, but it could have been great. played by any other actor. I mean, it was just it was such a for me, it was just such a non-character. It didn't. Really? Because he wasn't speaking French. Okay. Well, no, no, no. To be a <laughs> no I, I, I thought I thought the importance of the character was fine. 
you know, it could be any over the hill, you know, has been that that's trying to recapture the glory of the good old days back when I was making perfume and I was the only one doing it. That's great. And I love seeing Dustin Hoffman. I have no bad things, but I mean, it's just, it could have been played by anybody in my opinion. I don't know. I, 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 I loved him in that role. I thought he was pitch perfect with it. Um, and like a charm to that character. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's no horror movie legend like Sigourney Weaver, right? I, I mean, come on. I don't want to get certainly no Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't know. I, I he was in Perfume, so uh, you know it was a great role. He Couldn't was. we and consider John him Hurt a horror does legend? The, uh, John Hurt does icon? the narration. Who is also in Aliens? Horror, Alien. horror icon. There's another narrator oh. I saw, but I think it's it must be the French one. Maybe I'm wondering if there's a French narrator. I don't think language. I mean, these are mostly English speaking actors, so I don't think there's a French version of this movie. Because when I was looking up the um, cast, it showed John Hurt as narrator, and then there was another narrator. Hmm. Uh, his name was Otto Sander. I he don't was know. Also credited as narrator, and I was like, I never remember him switching. Because I was like wondering, like, when's the switch going to happen? And I always remember hearing John Hurt's voice. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you about that. Yeah, when I did the search for perfume, it like popped up four different titles, and I went, "Oh fuck!" I'm glad that Jacqueline told us <laughs> the story of a murderer because there was perfume. Yeah, there, perfume. there were a couple. Yeah, perfume too. Electric the imagery is <laughs> self-explanatory. Like the imagery that pops up, the poster art with the roses yeah. and stuff, and the, yeah. the form of the woman's body, which is pretty cool poster art actually. When you think about it, I liked. So I actually liked when we're. I like Dustin Hoffman. I like seeing like him teach Baptiste like how perfumes made. I like seeing like here's how you're supposed to set up a perfume and you have like four units here, four units here. I didn't know stuff like that either. So it was interesting to learn like there's a base level yes. and there's like, and it's interesting when I started thinking about it, I'm like, actually, yeah, that is how scents work because you get that mm -hmm. initial smell and it kind of gives you the, the first like glimpse of like, do I like this smell? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the middle where you're wearing that most of the day. But then there, like I mentioned with the sweatshirt of like, there's that lingering smell that lingers mm -hmm. for days. And that's the one that sort of, they all play on our senses and our sense of like memory too, I think. So, yes. Yes, I, totally. Again, Absolutely. Again, I love Dustin Hoffman. I did not hate him in this role. No, I'm, I mean, I'm not hearing just, you say hate or anything. I'm not hearing yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, he's such, he's an icon when it comes to acting. So, I mean, it's like, he absolutely is. I just, I just, I don't know if I was feeling him as much in this role. I, and it's, again, it's not a knock. I didn't hate it. I, I'm not going to dock this movie because Dustin Hoffman. You're just was saying maybe it. it could have been cast a little bit better. Like, are, a, you, so, are you not that interested in the character itself? You, you know, is it, is yeah, it about a the little character? bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, like I would say a more than Alan Rickman's. So, Heidelberg, I, I, I actually, disagree. I actually ahead, might try. suggest Hyderberg that you try the novel. Oh. It's it's it, it can be a little slow because it's just mo it's almost it's almost completely narration and very little it's dialogue. But um, but all the stuff that you're saying that you like about this is even like there's even more of it in the book. And so there's yeah. actually a really really long section all about Baldini where like none of it's about Grunwe at all. Um, and it really tells you kind of his whole story. And okay. I find him to be very endearing and much more nuanced than we see in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, he's a washed up has been. But his dirty secret is that even when he was like the most successful perfumer in Paris, which, you know, he was for a time, he was actually a fraud. So he's like, just been like reverse engineering everybody's. Well, his first perfume, and... it was like. Something that somebody else created that they passed on to him. Okay. 
And then another one that was a big hit, like he kind of, he kind of stumbled into it by accident. That works out too because that's it's like how he didn't really. He's not really ends and too. He Baptiste gives him like a hundred different cents, that's and he exactly goes to bed it. so content, like oh, I got my little book here, exactly. I'm ready to go, and then his building just falls on top of him and his wife. Yeah. He knows a lot what? about the process and technique of perfumes, but he he he's not able to create a spectacular perfume. That, that to me would have endeared me to the character a lot more, Jacqueline. I, and again, you know, Dustin Hoffman is the actor that could have like really brought that out. You know, mm-hmm. if you de-aged him a little bit, you know, and just gave him a, you know, a three minute scene of with somebody else and trying to fraud people of, of getting these scents and, you know, him even like something quirky, like him smiling and all these what do they use in France? Francs? What, what's the money? I get it. Francs. Use? Yeah. Francs. Okay. So just people throwing francs at him because he was a fraud, you know, and even this kind of like, you know, fever dream that he was having of back in the good old days, uh, you know, to me, that would have given a little more to the character. It just felt mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm the next level of where you need to go. So I'm going to give you this, which was fine, but it's just mm-hmm. like, it, it didn't, it didn't thrill me. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I think I was just already kind of endeared to the character. And so then to see Dustin Hoffman in, inhabiting him was sure. yeah. was pleasant for me. For um, me, it's one of my favorite parts of like uh, Baptiste's journey. The moment it's a necessary part. It's a necessary yeah, it's part. Very necessary. Like he learns the most from Baldini. I, I think he, I, whenever I say Baldini, I think like he's a, a magician. <laughs> the great Baldini. He's like, watch this dove disappear. No, it's. <laughs> I shave my balls on Baldini. Oh my lord. <laughs> this mention of John's balls is brought to you by Manscaped. You're right. Oh, yeah. And we Blue must Chew. acknowledge the sponsors. And Blue Chew. So, what did you think of Alan Rickman's character? Well, I was going to say, I, I know it's not Heidelberg's favorite, but I, I actually really, I, I was more drawn to Alan Rickman's character because he is a father that's that's afraid he's he's a you know he's a debutant debutant he smokes cigarettes he is very <laughs> high ranking um no i actually liked it you know and and we mentioned at the very beginning is is nobody had a french accent but i i believe most of the actors were british i think so yeah. okay it, it didn't bother me i mean a piece that is supposed to be thing melange <laughs> <laughs> it really I, did it bother either one of you guys of of them not having like a fra- yeah. french accent no i or- think that's very typical actually in you know english language movies that are supposed to be like italian or french or german or whatever a lot of times they just have people with english accents it's like eh, it's european that's good enough and it's you like know? you're just in your mind you're supposed to just check off the box of like they're speaking french right now and but yeah. when, when i watch it they're going to speak english but i'm supposed to imagine them speaking their native yeah. like, like quills yeah. the movie quills you guys ever <laughs> yeah. see that with jeffrey rush that's supposed no. to be french as well but there's jeffrey rush with his english accent and that's it so well, it's like well, have you ever... in october where they start speaking russian in the very beginning and then it just transfers right to english and then the rest <laughs> of the film is all just english yeah. yeah exactly have you ever seen that classic uh a musical musical called less miserables <laughs> less mi- less miserables Less the, miserable. The less miserables. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just. Kidding. I've I've Sorry. never seen that actually. Do they speak with French accents or English accents? Well, I think they're all British. Okay. We oui, we oui, but Blame we them. talk with a French accent and we know what what. Not Anne Hathaway. Doing. So I do kind of like I mentioned earlier. I do I do kind of wish we got more of Gross, like more setup a little bit because he travels there. There's some moments of his travels that are spent like in that cave 
which I was sort of confused there because I'm like, all right, he Same. seems like he spent a couple days in the cave. Next thing you know, he has a, a beard and but he was sleeping. So it's like, what do you how are you sleeping the entire time? I don't know. I was sort of confused there because this film's not necessarily like fantasy based. So when that happened, I was sort of like it kind of took me out for a moment because I was kind of like, all right, what are they saying here? Like, is this just like a metaphor for something else? And he re- he didn't really spend but that much time there. But then when he when he exits the cave, you know, it seems like everybody else sees him that way as like a long haired bearded man. And that's not how he was when he entered it. So I was I don't and know. I disagree just a little bit. It just felt like it was such a huge contrast for him. Like he was almost afraid and he had to go back to this dark, dingy place. And then all of a sudden he, you know, he w- awoke and started smelling things again. Um, no, I mean, I, I, lo- I don't mind the idea of the cave and him. It's sure. like a self-discovery sort of moment for him where he realizes like why, like why he can smell so good. Cause he doesn't have his own sense. And- sure. Like that. Yeah. And what is, what does it mean to a human being to not have their own scent too? Like, cause isn't that our, or so that's crucial. Yes. Well, it's our essence, right? Like our, essence. our essential yeah. Yeah. oil. So yeah. I think that's very, I'm really glad that you said that Hyderberg. Cause I think that is like a major turning point for him. It's like a major crux in his life is that when I got to that part in the book, I was shocked because I assumed that he already knew that he didn't have a scent. Yeah. Um, but you know, with the the nose that he has, like I assume that he have been able to detect that there's something absent there. But so anyway, I was shocked when I saw that. But I think it's I think it's like a panic on his part, and it's like an an existential crisis because you're absolutely right. I mean, it sounds trite to say like, oh, it's like what it means to be human, <laughs> but almost even more than that, it's like even bigger than that. It's like to not have a scent is almost not to exist at all. Like it's not just that you're not human, but it's like yeah. you don't exist. Because as he says to Baldini at some point, he's like, everything has a smell. Like Glass as soon as babies are born, babies have their own smell to them, mm-hmm. right? As soon as they're born. Yeah. Like even inanimate objects like glass, like whoever would think that glass has a scent, but he knows it does. And so to not have that is like to not exist. It's like. Did he know it does? So I, I took that scene as like he's realizing that certain materials he can't get scent out of. Uh, even though he's trying desperately to, because it's like the metal so scene, and the glass. Yeah, where he's breaking the glass. Well, it's because he's using the wrong technique. Yeah. Like he can smell the glass, I think, himself. I think he yeah. can smell glass. Okay. But he's trying he to extract it. To and- He's trying to extract the essence of it for use. Yeah. You know, and he can't and he's show finding that, that he- Baldini. He's like, I can't like trans. It's like he's, it's a part of the language he hasn't learned yet. Until right. he goes to grass and then learns that other technique with the with the right. pedal, rose petals or whatever. Right. Fast so it man. does have a. I think he absolutely can smell all of the inanimate objects, but he can't distill them. You know what I mean? So so I think that him exiting the cave and going back to civilization is is like his attempt to reconcile this existential crisis. Um, and there's actually a completely fascinating and sort of hilarious passage in the book where he. It's it's a long story as to how he gets here, but he creates a perfume that is meant to make him smell like a human being. It's not meant to smell like a perfume. It's meant to smell like a human being's natural oh, smell. Can I can I read that little passage to you guys? It's just for himself, yeah. Well, it's well, th- it's not just for himself. It's to make himself recognizable to other people, um, like recognizable as a human, because he realizes that all his life he's been kind of invisible to others. And that's like why only, people, yeah, that's why he's been rubbing people the wrong way and they have yes. a weird vibe about him. Yeah. 
they're either repulsed by him or they just kind of don't really acknowledge his presence. Like it's like they're not really aware because, that yeah, he's because there. his sense not unlocking something in them. It's not it's not eliciting anything from exactly. Them. So it's when they're like, around him, they feel weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, something's off. And they can't pinpoint it, so they probably just point it on him. Like, something's wrong with this. Yeah. So would you guys mind if I just read a little passage there? Because I thought this was so fascinating, but also yeah. like kind of hilarious. Like what it's like for him to try to smell like a human. <laughs> uh, okay. It says, it was a strange perfume that Grunwee created that day. There had never before been a stranger one on earth. It did not smell like a scent, but like a human being who gives off a scent. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll skip that. And to imitate this human odor, quite unsatisfactorily as he himself knew, but cleverly enough to deceive others, Grunwe gathered up the most striking ingredients in the workshop. There was a little pile of cat shit behind the threshold of the door leading up to the <laughs> courtyard, still rather fresh. He took half a teaspoon of it and placed it together with several drops of vinegar and finely ground salt in a mixing bottle. Under the work table, he found a thumb- thumbnail-sized piece of cheese, apparently from so-and-so's lunch. It was already quite old, had begun to decompose, and gave off a biting, pungent odor. From the lid of a sardine tub that stood at the back of the shop, he scratched off a rancid, fishy something or other, mixed it with rotten egg and castorium, ammonia, nutmeg, horn shavings, and singed pork rind, finely ground. To this, he added a relatively large amount of civet, which is like an animal musk, Mixed these ghastly ingredients with alcohol, let it digest, and filtered it into a second bottle. The bilge smelled revolting. Its stink was putrid like a sewer, and if you fanned its vapor just once to mix it with fresh air, it was as if you were standing in Paris on a hot summer day at the corner of the such-and-such street that I can't pronounce, and the other street that I can't pronounce. Where the, od- <laughs> the city of love, right? <laughs> uh, where the odors from all the streets and the overcrowded tenements converged. Gross. So I thought that was really interesting because that's his interpretation of a human being. And the funny thing at is, that time, yeah. on top of that, he adds things that smell like perfume, like lavender and peppermint oil and things. So he's trying to smell like a person Masking their wearing own. perfume. Yeah. And so when he wears it, he goes out in public and people react to him totally differently. And he's like, he suddenly feels seen and recognized by other people. And it's like he's having his first human experience. I kind of like that for him. And I like I kind of wish that was in the movie because I think that would have lent. So there's a quality to him where I'll be honest, one of my critiques is I I don't none of the characters really like connect with me in this movie. And I don't know that Mm -hmm. they're meant to, but I wish that I did more with him. And I think a scene like that would have given me that where like, okay, at the end of the day, he's sort of a monster, but he's driven by like a, a different purpose. Most He's built differently. He's not like everybody else. So, like, he sees things differently. He's not computing things the way normal people are. He's distant. It it feels like a more primal uh, serial killer. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, like, it's nothing that is, you know, it's not social media or anything like that, but it's it's his upbringing. It's what he's experienced. And it's just, it feeds into that. And, you know, maybe he had it in his heart the whole time, in his soul. But, you know, all of a sudden, he just becomes this, but if I saw that struggle of him trying to like maintain a little bit of like a normalcy because sure. and his only means of doing that it was like, well, I'm good with perfume. So he's creating a perfume to smell like, you know, to bring that that, uh, you know, like he's in, interacting with people and, and they're there's their guards not up around him because he smells normal. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's well, he has, for his life. So that's well, you, that been you brought it up. Well, interesting. He, he has no scent. He has no scent. So he's invisible to everyone. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's as you know, if he, he doesn't exist. And he's learned very well to 
act invisible or like yes. live in this world, this invisible world, you know, as and he, a, also he as has an impoverished, you know, he's an impoverished orphan. Nobody sure. really ever really pays much attention to him because when they walk past him in the street, they look past him. Mm -hmm. He runs errands for his merchant boss and whoever owns him at the time. And he's never actually had his own self until he goes to Grass, And even then right. he's working for someone. But wouldn't he be the quintessential silent killer? I mean, it's just like, I don't know this guy. You know, he's like, he works for somebody else. He and, just came out know, of the blue from some yeah. random place. And yeah. 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 Can we talk about the end, please? Yes, please do. So um, our beginning starts out where we see Jean, um, you know, he, he, he looks frail. He's in chains. Um, you know, the, the, the whole town uprises against him. And then we get. Did you, you see know, how the elated the they were when they hear like his sentencing and like what yeah. he have to endure? And Fuck how yeah, they cheer about it? Like, yeah. However, he kept this little bottle to himself, the 13th bottle. And, um, you know, he dabs a little on himself and he. Takes his. Oh, I thought it was the final for... mixture. I didn't think it was just the 13th. Yeah, no, the, I thought it was it the, the final, final mixture. Mi it's the okay. final mixture with the 13th. With the 13th added. added. Okay, whatever. Uh, everything, he's the added them all is... there. And at the last and... moment, he adds the 13th. But then he gets busted. Yeah. And he, I guess he stashed it on himself. Maybe he Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's making it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because he's like just in the woods, he's you know, making he's it. Yeah. Get, like a getting little that bit last one. And they find him after he's killed Laura. Which for a moment yeah. there, I thought he wasn't going to kill Laura. I thought he was in love with her. He looked at her. There was a moment of connection where they looked at each other. And it seemed the way the film played out, the scene played out, was like he didn't go through with it. I kind of got Father that vibe too, I was like, yeah. is this a dream? Is this really happening? Did he kill her? And then like, sure enough, she's dead. So. See, I'm glad that he did because I think if he hadn't, I think that would have violated what we knew about the character already, yeah, you're right. which is that he is incapable of connecting with other human beings. Like he doesn't understand them. I, I still kind of interpret him as rather reptilian or insect. -like. He's very simple. He's complex and simple at the same time. But he does yeah. have that flashback about the plum girl. It's not love though. It's her scent. That's all he cares about. Is like yeah, he's obsessed with the that fact that knows. he's obsessed with the fact that he he's lost in love hold with of that, that smell, scent. maybe. But yeah. Yeah, and so that's why this. he wants to preserve it. He doesn't care. But yeah, about this her one as a woman person. is like brings him back to that one scent yeah. that really opened him right. up and that he couldn't capture. He does and not so care about her as the closest thing to that since then. Yeah, I really hate to say this it, as are, much as I don't want to watch it again. I, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're both redheads, right? So yeah. maybe he's just attracted to redheads. That's really know. all it is, buddy. Yeah, as much as I don't want to watch this again, I kind of do and pick <laughs> up on those nuances. I, and I know it's a two hour and thirty four minute movie but it was um man this movie intrigued me i wasn't bored yet there was some fluff in the middle but yeah i agree going going back to the end he's in the town square he's sitting on this stage and he waves his kerchief so, around yeah, so with, that's the beginning too right like the beginning was no the beginning no, the beginning was, was like, when they was take him out of the sentencing? jail cell for the sentencing yeah it, it was like the night before or something like that all right that. so then and how then, does he like show up in in a carriage in like really nice clothes uh, that that's a moment that yeah, kind of yeah. was it like a last thing where it's like oh you're gonna show up to your execution do you want to pick an outfit out and you can show up however you want maybe like, or maybe they dressed kind of him deal? i don't know because he shows know. up like he's like from like money yeah and it's like well where did you achieve any of that where'd you get that suit like <laughs> yeah the buckle <laughs> shoes and everything yeah I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, part of me thought like well is this just how he envisions himself and he's not really looking like that right now like he really looks like he's in his rags, like normal. But it's possible. I feel like I, 
the the ending scenes both with the orgy and the devouring it's at dream, the end like it's a like dreamlike it feels hallucinatory it. Yeah. and so it's yeah. like i don't know if i trust all of the elements but i think it's okay like you're just supposed to kind of get the idea but john so heard i don't know like, if he's really wearing that yeah i know but it, then it makes john heard uh unreliable narrator just because he's telling the story and you know it, well, technically like, he can't tell the story this far because he's dead so you, you would be right there okay well I don't know. I mean, it's just like, okay, so he waves this thing. Everybody gets horny and they start fucking. I like that scene, though, because it's not gratuitous. Um, the way it's played no. out, it, it escalates very slowly where like they're slowly rubbing each other. And then I'm like, I'm, the, I'm in my mind. I'm like, this is going to turn into an orgy. I already know. I can tell. Like, I can see the look on some of these women's faces like their necks are arching up and then they're getting in that position. <laughs> and then like next thing you know, it's like I was hoping in my mind. I'm like, I'm hope I hope the children are gone. Out of this because there might have been children there and i, I don't <laughs> this film's Let's already assume there were like, no children let's assume yeah, they got like, a baby don't show any children like kissing their uncles or something like that because that's gross but the way it's shot is it's sort of elegant um there's like this gentle orgy uh okay. it's different two weeks the last two weeks we've had orgies in both our picks right yes we have <laughs> yes we different. have but yes um but yeah this one was definitely less say? violent yeah, it was, it was it was it was like kind of pleasant, you know. It was all just how the the power of aroma and the pheromones, I, and because his his cologne that he's created, it's not of like he didn't add like flowers, and it's all from dead bodies. It's all from like women and the essence of their life and like their 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 beauty and things like that. That I don't know if you could capture those in a in a scent, but he's figured out how in this in this fictional world. And the thirteenth ingredient of adding his in number one in his mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. It's unlocked like a hidden power where. And it felt like like powerful. like when when he was doing the murders, it just felt like it was almost like a revenge thing on his mom, you know. From I never took that doing that. Well, I kind of picked that up, but then it became just more like an homage to women of like the like murders to me were a means thing. to an end. Like he never got any joy out of it besides no. the creative process of he was a, he was elated to create you know what i mean like capturing that sense excited him because it was one step further to creating his final like the potion that's always been in his mind Mm -hmm. he's not been able to really Mm -hmm. explain anybody even uh baldini you know what i mean he didn't know how to put it into words what he was trying to to do baldini taught him the essence of how to capture sense and then he realized that like well if i follow those rules maybe i can create the thing that you know the sense that i want to create well once I don't know. It's there is a turn I, of like when he, he becomes like this murderer. I wish we kind of embellish that a little bit more too, because he kind of just goes off. Yeah, and like you don't even really see him. Sometimes you just see bodies. You don't really mm-hmm. see him yeah, in the him throes as, like, this of monster like, that's able to like skulk in the shadows and secretly ca- like. I guess he can sneak up on people because he doesn't have a scent, mm-hmm. so it's exactly. like he's not there at all, and he's very silent because he's poor. He grew up poor, and he knows how to like be sight unseen because that's how poor people are. They're like, they, you know, they scurry around and when the rich people come around, they're not meant to be around them. So like, I get that. There were just moments where I just felt like he's so they play him off like a monster in some of it, where he's just like capturing these girls. He's like Dracula. He's in the shadows and he grabs them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I get it though. It's like an homage, like a, it's like a montage just to kind of speed up the film a little bit of like, yeah, he captured all the girls that he needed to. And it created this investigation, um, which does come, to fruition later on at least when we see that like he's been stashing all these bodies and the hair well not the bodies but the the, the clothes, clothes and the hair in this workshop that he was working 
Yeah, he leaves the bodies just kind of like thrown around wherever yeah. he, he wherever they drop. But the clothes and the hair he he buries. That was I love how the dog finds it. Yeah, I, I I thought that was a beautiful shot too. The way they had it laid out like on a like a a rug thing, and it's just the dresses it with the hair, dresses and it's just hair, the hair like, with the dresses, and it's so, oh yeah. my god, yeah, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Which like plays into the very end of the movie. You know, it's just the hair in the bottle or the the little thing. So what do you think of the Bile. end when he decides? So I guess he realizes like how powerful this scent is. And like the fact that he's achieved it is enough for him that when he ends up, I don't know how, so you haven't finished the book yet. So I don't know. I, I don't know how to compare the ending. To yeah. The book, I can't, I can't comment on that. It's like he wanders off. Um, and it's like, we don't like they mentioned the narrator mentions like he can go, he can send, uh, you know, a little drop of this to the Pope and be, become like one of, you know, the higher up a Messiah. If he wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he can do a messiah. He wants with this scent. It okay. can, it can en- embellish and, and like, it can make you do whatever you want, like whatever you think you want to do, like your most essence. Um, and then like what is it? You're like hung over like 24 hours later and you don't remember really what happened. So it's very powerful. And he has a ton. They, he has a ton of it. It just takes a couple drops to even. What was it? You said a crowd of 750 people. people. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Oh, my and just God. Just a whip of a handkerchief. He's able to get everybody except for <laughs> Alan Rickman. A little no, bit. No, he got a it. A little bit. He got it. A little it. bit towards the end when he finally gets close. Got to close. It. Yeah. And because he's like, the essence of son. his daughter. So like the, that act of revenge and that remorse is still there of like, I don't know, like he's not going to fall for his bullshit. And then by, by the very end, he kind of does, which is sad. He, he, fall, he falls prey to it. Yeah. Yep, he yeah. does. So the, what, the, the thing about Grunwe like sacrificing himself, basically, like allowing himself to be devoured I think back at the same place where he was born. Right. I think there's kind of two things going on there. At least this is my read of it. I feel like on the one hand, he has, like you said, Hyderberg, he has achieved the thing he wanted to achieve, right? Like his obsession all this time has been leading him to this one creation and he's done it. And on the one hand, you could say like, this could be a commentary on the nature of obsession that like, it leaves you purposeless once you, yeah. Another classic. Uh, but like the the kind of dark side of obsession, which is that while you're in the midst of the obsession, like while you have something to obsess over, it drives you, right? Like it moves you but forward. you push everything else away. You push everything right. else away. Yeah. But then if you're working towards a certain goal, like in a way, I actually felt like there were a lot of similarities between this and Black Swan. But like if you if there's a singular goal that you're after and your obsession leads you to the attainment of that goal your obsession is over right and so like if that's what you've been like defining your life with that whole time it leaves you empty yeah and the creative process is all that drove him it wasn't necessarily like oh i'm gonna make this cologne and then get rich right exactly i don't think he was interested in the power i don't think he was interested in material things he didn't want to be the messiah he didn't want to rule the world he wanted to capture exactly and so now he's done it and i think the other side of that is emptiness yeah Mm -hmm. i'm getting oppenheimer vibes yeah and then <laughs> yeah, i think that... the other side of that is that the the other the other take i have on this moment is that i think he has discovered that despite this incredible like success within the realm that he's created for himself like what's important to him he has achieved right but nonetheless he still is incapable of human connection he can't yeah. love it he doesn't love laura no, like, that like that's impossible for him. I don't think I don't think he's like fully human. 
He doesn't really love himself. He doesn't. He's. I think he's incapable of love at all, right. and he yeah. is incapable of being loved by others because I don't think others see him as human either. Um, from the time he was born, everyone knows there's something wrong with him. And so I think that's part of that moment too. But I, I have to say just the fact that he even recognizes that to me says that there's like a glimmer of humanity in him. Like the very yeah. fact that he realizes that he can't love or be loved like that in itself is like a human recognition. The so fact that he uses his creation to create his own demise to also mm -hmm. You know, like this is what I, what I created. I've um, achieved what I wanted to. And I'm I, I take solace in that. But at the, f at the same time, what I created is so strong. Not one. There's not one man in, wor in the world that should hold this power. Mm. You know, like the things that I could do with this uh, fragrance is it's too much. It's too much. It's for too much. Person. And he doesn't want it himself. He doesn't want so it himself. He like... just wanted to create it. Basically. Mm -hmm. and I, now, I, so I think yeah, it's don't... like he sees that there's no point in going on, really. Yeah. Like, really, what would the point be? Yeah. Well, what would his life happens be? to Nothing. end up back where he was born by circumstance, uh, like just. Well, I think his drive, and what you brought up before, Jacqueline, is is his drive was you know to create this thing, and he's like, you know what, I created it. I'm taking it with me. Consume mm -hmm. me all you want, yeah. but it's gone. Plenty you of know? creators do that too. Like you said, there's an obsession where some people. And this is not this is a fictional story, but there are people out there in the world that have been like I mentioned Oppenheimer. Right. They're just out off, just offhand. There are people that have like a drive to achieve something that nobody else understands. And their mind works a certain way that nobody else can relate to. And they comprehend the world in a different way. They see things sure. different, and they create something that nobody else could have created. And most of the time, it's something that drove them throughout their entire life, like plagued them or they were obsessed over. And it's not a happy story all the time. And a lot of times these people, once they finalize their creation or something like that, like you said, Jack, they don't have much else to, to go up. That was their life's work. And that was it. And then like, they didn't create, um, they didn't create friendships. They didn't create, uh, you know, loved ones and relationships with people and ties with things in life. And so like this one thing was their driving focus. And then once it's done, what is there? And there are people like that. We we view them as artists. We view them as mm -hmm. scientists, creators. Yeah, geniuses. Yeah. And a lot of times they're misunderstood. And that's why, because they, they I don't know, they perform differently than yeah. the average human. And I think yeah. any form of that almost intrinsically means loneliness. Mm -hmm. I like, I think just by, by nature, like having any form of genius, whether it's like, you know, seen as worthwhile or not by the outside world. If you are the only one whose mind can understand that thing, then like mm -hmm. automatically, like by default, you are alone because nobody yeah, else how can do you relate, relate to with you. anybody. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, well, and, and this could be said as a social commentary on on people who create success. You know, they they become self destructive because you know you don't understand why I'm doing this. You love it, and then even like even years down the line, it's like. Um, it, it's, it's bigger than ever. Elvis Presley, for example, you know, I mean, the guy had so much success. However, he was like buried in his own mind and creating all this music. Not to say I'm a big fan of Elvis, but. Oh, hey, it's, a, it's me, Billy. I just want to say that I, I'm really glad you got to talk about Elvis for a minute there. I think it's very similar to what Jean did. <clears throat> you know, he created the ultimate power i mean wherever he waved around he had total control he did but... and the means that it was created is horrible 
He had oh, to yeah. kill 13 Nefarious, women. Nefarious, gross. In order I mean, to it's... create it. But yeah. it was also like, well, none of us would understand that because we don't, we weren't driven by the same thing mm-hmm. that he was. Um, we could see that as like, like serial killer, like malicious. It's hard. Oh, absolutely. But I never saw, like you said, Jacqueline, he's never taking joy from these murders. It's a task. Um, he's just capturing their scent. Yes, maybe he preys on people that are like less fortunate and won't be like looked after, like nobody's looking for them. Um, it's it's true he didn't take any joy, but he didn't take any guilt from it either. Yeah, there was well, no, not, there he's was, void of that. There was he no hesitation quality. in what he did. Yeah, He's described early in the book as being like a tick. Like he okay. just lies in wait for what he needs and then and he like fall yeah, embeds himself on whatever and like takes what he needs and then he's done. It's like I there's no his relationship there's no relationship, you know. Yeah. Yep, well, exactly. With, uh, yeah, he's with uh Baldini for a while and then he moves on mm-hmm. and so on and so on. And everybody mm-hmm. that he leaves in his wake basically has like an unfortunate demise. You brought that up earlier, and I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, re- I didn't really think about it. Yeah, I didn't really think about it, but I think it's very cool that it's just whoever it, from his mom to the woman in the uh, orphanage, um, orphanage uh, to the to the guy with the boils, the yeah. yeah, and then Baldini, 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 and then sort of um, Alan Rickman's character. I, I don't know that Alan Rickman. We don't see what happens to him at the orgy. It's not like we get to see him like having an orgy with someone. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> glad. I'm glad that they didn't go there. The priest does though. Oh, the that's true. And then he wakes yeah. up like, what have I done? Yeah. You know for me, wench. We've all been there, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> all right. Well, we've reached the end. Uh, you guys ready to do our ratings now? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just real quick, just the ending. I, I, John, so like, you don't like the ending? I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, it just went like the act of him destroying himself or like just the way it kind of cleans. Like, I, I think, I think us talking about it helped me a little bit more, but it just felt like, I don't know. There's uh, maybe there's not supposed to be any kind of comeuppance, you know, him yeah. taking his own life. But the or, moment or of him, like at the yeah, at the like the rally or like the executioning, and him getting out in that blue suit, and there's moments of it that sort of de- definitely felt weird, like forced a little bit. Where I was just sort of like, I don't know, this isn't how the because the beginning of the film shows him being sentenced, and he's like, sure. in, you know, he's got hardly any clothes on. He looks like a prisoner, and then all of a sudden now we see him like dressed up like he's like a dignitary or or somebody important and i don't and know he was hiding his vial you know yeah i don't know if, like, exactly what it was if that was do. just like how he kind of viewed himself at this moment in his life even though he probably was in chains at this in this moment i don't know um what well, could have very yeah and that could have been the i've never seen an know, execution the, where they drive you there in a in a nice carriage and you're, you're dressed right so it, it could have been that fever dream and it could have been all imagined there's moments of this dying, film so. that are played like a fever dream as well so like mm-hmm. it makes sense um but i do just kind of love i don't know the semblance of like him pouring the potion on himself and like all these impoverished people who are starving they're all mm-hmm. around a fire they're starving to death that's what they look like kind of they look like druggies or maybe drunks but also people that are just like starving to death that there's no resources and when they when they turn around he's an angel but what do they do they eat him in a, like, yeah they consume they, him for sure they consume him but have you ever felt just that way left like... besides part of his suit and i love the i the image of like his splattered remains and like mm-hmm. like a day goes by and it's just there and like carriages are going over it now and like kids are picking up his clothes like it's so mm-hmm. grotesque but like awesome right. I, I mean, I think in a way it's kind of like symbolically um, like divine retribution or his just just desserts. I mean, yeah. I think it's fitting some symbolically 
because if we consider him as a tick or like a parasite, mm -hmm. he's been taking what he needs, whether it's like the learning from Baldini or the, you know, the lives of these girls or whatever, he takes what he needs and he's like, he's being fed by these things. Like he's consuming parts of other people and then he himself is consumed. So like it kind of, right. it kind of makes sense. It's like a full circle. But yeah, but it also could be that these people want that as well. And they realize, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I can get all this success and they consume him. I mean, it. I don't know if it's that yeah, conscious. I think it's like a, a, like a I think it's like the absolute most divine pheromone. Like, have you ever smelled someone and that scent, whether it's like their natural kind of aroma or whether it's <laughs> John's I armpits or I whether have. it's like a, a you know an artificial perfume that you just like you can't stay away from that person like you have to like absorb more of it. it yeah i think it's like the supreme version of that and it's like they can't get enough of it and like the closest they can get to him is to actually eat if you him. could achieve that 13th scent right the 13th ingredient you could achieve like a heavenly smell that can drive That's, people to yeah. think that they're in heaven that they've yeah. and that's what the orgy looks like that's what everybody's face looks like when they first get the smell Ecstatic. you see yeah. when you see the smell like waft like further past everybody and it reaches the priests and you see how it reaches everybody and like their faces and then slowly this happens so like when he pours all of it it just it escalates all that it just it intensifies all their feelings and then just like they see him as what a, an angel right but an angel there to like because they're all starving to death, they feel like. So, like, they're there to, they see him as, like, oh, here's our savior. And they mm -hmm. run up to him and they consume him. That's a good point, too. That would be a martyr, martyr though, right? In a sense, he sort of dies a martyr. Um, yeah. he, he does, I mean, he does, I don't like, know if I go that he sacrifices far. himself. It's not put upon him. He makes the well, choice, too. Um, I, think well, Jack, I think it's a selfish act. I think it's like uh, he doesn't want to go on. I think it's to save himself from a subsequent life of like yeah, it's tough to emptiness. Self, he's the kind of guy who doesn't have like these emotions where he doesn't play like a normal. Yeah. Guy with, I don't uh, think he's trying yeah. to help anybody with his death. Okay, that's fine. That's I mean, fair. So I mean, it's maybe it's just but the he way he pours somehow. It. He's just in the story. He's driven to his birthplace. Yeah. Uh, so it, there is some symbology there. It's like, meaningful. Dying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But are, born in the dirty streets of. France. Yeah. Our dirt our, our dirty our our unreliable narrator John Hurt says he could have done this, this, and this. However, he goes back to the place of his birth, dumps like what uh you know he created could have changed the world and just Which put it is on probably himself. One and of the let most them... powerful things in the world at that moment. Like he could have sold that sure. in in small bits and become rich off of it. He could have sold sure. that any lord that wanted to like, sway somebody into marriage or whatever, like our abilities of that scent. Yes, John Hurt specifically said he could have become a, a messiah. Or a, yeah, was it a messiah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he didn't. Or was he a messiah to these people? Could have been. Maybe. Consume me. You'll have all of this. However, anyway, it's not that was my only addition that I want. Twenty-four hours later, you're not going to remember. You're going to be all fucked <laughs> up and hungover. <laughs> all right. Sorry. So we good, fellas. Yeah. We, we're good. So, Jacqueline, okay. um, this was your pick. Mm -hmm. Perfume, the story of a murderer. Uh, how are you going to rate this bad boy? Oh, goodness. Well, there, it's such a strange concept, right? Like, mm -hmm. who would ever think there would be, you know, a thriller or horror novel about perfume or a, <laughs> or, or a film about it? You know, that it's just such a strange concept. Or if it, I mean, I guess you could sort of imagine it 
just being kind of a, a regular old drama, but sure. to, to create like a horror story or a thriller story. And I, you know, to me, it doesn't matter much like which way you want to categorize this, but it's like, it seems like a, an unusual and unexpected source to turn into something so dark. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's interesting. And I think it's actually like pretty brave that the book exists because I mean, it seems like hard enough, right? To conceive of how to describe scent with words, right? Mm-hmm. But then to turn that into a film, like words are are difficult enough to just to describe scent. But then to try to do it with like images, like visual images, I mean, it just seems unthinkable. And so I, yep. I give a lot of credit to um the director his name is is it again is Tom, it that german Tom Tychwer, Tychwer? yeah i think he's german he did run lola run yeah. and cloud atlas and parisia tem uh, mm-hmm. so he's done some you know moderately known stuff but um i think it's pretty brave that he embarked on this project and i think there's like a surprising amount of success with this movie i like run um, uh lola run i haven't seen that since college revisit yeah. that but i liked cloud atlas so i yeah so i think it's like really interesting and you know i kind of already shared all my thoughts about like the nature of obsession which i think both the book and the movie are commenting on um and i think it's also about like you know it seems kind of like a small scale thing but i do think it is partly about the power of scent and i think that's almost kind of like an animal instinct in us that we're not always like fully aware of or conscious of or in control of you know um hydroberg you were talking before about pheromones and how powerful those can be and you Mm -hmm. know people are drawn to each other and stuff i mean people choose their mates i mean i think i think people's pheromones are a big portion of you know your attraction to another person and if you don't have initial attraction you're never going to like that person's never going to be your life partner, you know? And so like, have you ever known somebody whose natural aroma just turned you off? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've known some people in my life that I really like them as people like really like them, but their scent is just kind of like off putting and the other way around too. Like like, that, that mentioned that you said, like I've, I've been in like a public place where you just met a stranger and Mm -hmm. caught their scent. And like, there is something there. It can be so attraction. Because mm-hmm. we're a species that don't play on our instincts as much because we have, you know, free will and stuff like that. We can think things through. And advanced and we, brains. And, yeah, we, yeah, and we can we get in the way of our instincts sometimes, right? Because we overthink things. But there are, the instincts are there. There are moments yes. where they peek out and the scent is one of them, for sure. You said that so nicely. That's what I was trying to get at when I said it's like yeah. kind of an animal sense, you know what I mean? That we're not always in tune with. But that the way you said that was exactly what i meant exactly what i meant isn't that the most animalistic instinct yeah, you hear that, that we Steven have though i mean i said something really smart <laughs> you say smart stuff all the time don't be ridiculous <laughs> so yeah so I, I think that that's it's an interesting commentary on the power of that scent and like I, like by the end of course i think it gets very surreal you know, like, um, and hallucinatory and exaggerated. Like, I think we're no longer within the realm of reality, right? Like, um, I mean, within the movie, I think we're we're more or less within reality, but like, There's not some liberties our, taken, not our reality. Like, uh, you know, it, it would be nice. It would be interesting. Like, I would love to smell that fragrance that he creates, just to like understand what it is. But, I mean, it gets it gets very, um, you know, e- exaggerated. But make sure you do it when you're around your husband. 
that, that would be good. Otherwise, you might have some trouble. You might have some yeah. explaining to do. It's like love potion number it. nine. So yeah, um, that was a great movie, by the way. Sorry, it is kind of. I don't like think I ever potion. saw that. I was just yeah. referring to the song, but yeah. Um, so yeah, and I kind of already commented on like the loneliness of this gift that he has, um, that he can't, he can't love or be loved. He has nobody that he can relate to. He doesn't, he's not even, I don't think he'd be able to relate to another person, even if he could, like if he met another person like himself, I'm not sure that he'd be able to connect with them. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's interesting. Well, and isn't it funny that when he finally puts together the final composition of the perfume, he doesn't seem triumphant about it. I think the weight of the it's fact that like, he had to murder 13 women in order to create it. I don't think so at all. I don't, think he cares all. A, I don't think he cares a bit about that. I think it's just like an anticlimactic experience for him because I think he's I not like he capable of human. Bit, but it's, it's definitely in the back. It's not the most important feeling. But I think there's some remorse. I think, Really? I don't think a so little at all. bit, but yeah, he does seem very disconnected, though. At the same time, I, I don't think know. it's like not what I think it's not the experience he thought it was going to be because we see some moments of excitement, like as he's building towards this thing. But when the final thing happens, it's like, eh. you know what it is? It's it's the way he handles his victims that I think is he's very gentle with them. And the act of like just scraping gentle, he bashes them on the head. Well, yeah, but that's his only way of, you know, taking them out. Okay, I guess he could but use it's not gentle. <laughs> No, it's not. Wait, hold on a second. But it, it's it's almost clean. I mean, yeah, it, it's not like he's stabbing them. Or and like he doesn't bury their bodies. Like he wants their bodies to be found by their loved ones. Or, mm. you know what I mean? Like he takes the hair yeah. and he hides that because that's evidence and the dresses. But I mean, look, I don't know that he wants the bodies to be found. I think it's just immaterial. He to leaves him. them I out. He really do, I think he does not care. I, yeah, I don't maybe. think it's a like desire it's for them to be garbage. found. It's a lack of desire to like. Put any effort into hiding them because i think he feels like he's invisible i, I think he feels like he's not going to get caught i think there's a moment of like humanity where like he knows that these are bodies that need to be found by the loved ones and buried but mm, for him he's getting what he needs out of them so yeah there's like a disconnection there i think he's I just know. like finished he's like yeah, because he done. never comes done with across. this one he's our protagonist and but he's a villain but he never comes across as villain villainous and i don't know he's not maniacal at least that's, so. well that's true i yeah. agree with that he's not like out of control he's i think yeah. he's very controlled um he's, like you said he's just dri he's driven by instinct and and a weird desire like a natural desire to do something that we don't understand mm -hmm. yeah i agree um i love many of the casting choices i do personally love dustin hoffman in the role I of baldini too. i really put like Dustin. Or, or i really like yeah, um, alan rickman. yeah i really like <laughs> alan rickman as the dad I, I have to say, I don't know about the selection of Ben Wishaw as, am I saying that name right, Wishaw, as yeah. Gronwy. Um, I, I actually feel like he's a little too handsome and a little too um, appealing. Like, he's supposed to be kind of a, like, a little repulsive, like, kind of a, you can't put your finger on it, but just don't care for him. He's supposed to be kind of hunched over and, like, kind of always making himself invisible and kind of like scrawny and not like Stop hideous. The book. I mean, he kind of achieves the scrawny <laughs> and scruffy look and he's got like the, the skin like lesions or whatever. Yeah, like, that's true. Skin, but that's I don't as know. far as it goes to really. I wanted to be a little bit more repulsed by him and yeah. I wanted to kind of, um, uh, I don't remember how you put it earlier, Heidelberg, but you said something like I wanted to like see more of him and his deeds or something. I don't know. You said, you said something about wanting more of his character and I, I kind mm -hmm. of felt that way too. Um, I adore the way they made the 
they made the whole thing look like 18th century Paris. So they actually shot this in Barcelona. Oh. <clears throat> and I think they did a great job of really taking you back in time. I think they nailed it. And two of the things that I really think work well in this movie are A, having a narrator. Because again, mm-hmm. like the whole experience of scent is so interior. It's not like something you can like, it's not tangible, you know? And it's so hard. Like the book, I think, does a really good job of capturing some of these things, which in itself is an achievement. Um, I think if we didn't have a narrator, it would be almost impossible to like understand what was going on with any of these characters or why they were doing anything. So I think the narrator was crucial because if if they had tried to get the characters themselves to kind of like narrate their own thoughts and experiences, I think it would have come off as really corny. Baptiste. He's not going to be talking all the time about this. No, so I'm glad we had like an omniscient third person narrator. I think that worked really well and was a smart choice. Sort of neutral from the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And then I also think something that worked really well was the editing of the movie. There's these kind of um, slightly frantic scenes where there's quick cuts um, between all the different things that he's smelling and taking in at once. And it kind of gives you that overstimulated, like kind of exciting, but kind of overwhelming feeling like of all the things that he's experiencing at once, particularly in the beginning when he's like first cataloging all the all the scents. So I think that works really well. By that token, I think one thing that doesn't work so well is, you know, we spend a lot of time with that one girl, that first girl with the plums, you know, it's like, and you can tell how enraptured he is by her fragrance and how he's instantly and profoundly drawn to try to grab onto that scent and like hold on to it for he himself. Exactly. And like, I mean, and you think about it, he like he obsesses about that for years afterwards. Right. But like the way that's portrayed in the film, it's very dramatized. Like you can see it in his acting. And John, you mentioned when he's like trying to like scoop up her scent after she's died and he's like trying to grab onto the last shreds of it. Yep. Like that was great acting and it was a great like. Yeah, it's like someone bringing out over a body that they're they know. Right. He doesn't, but he's grieving over the, the loss of. The, the loss scent. of the scent. Yeah. yeah. Scent. And so I think that works really well. But then by the end, when he's murdering the girls, the, the other girls, like the 12 and 13 girls. And there's no heart there. He, we don't get the same experience. It seems willy nilly. It seems like he's just snatching victims at random as opposed to those with ca- specifically captivating scents. Like not everybody's going to have an scent. Um, like, I feel like it should be more unique than that. It should be, he should have to search for these people, not just grab like a twin yeah. here and a hooker. The thing there I took was that, like, it was more important that the 13th ingredient was the, the main outlier. And okay. like, that's, the other that's ingredients fair. were less important because they yeah, build. I get that. It just it felt like they weren't thinking. important at all. It felt like he was yeah. just grabbing whatever was nearby. Yeah, and right. I feel like that is not consistent with what we capture. saw. Yeah. It's like you would want even though the 13th is the most kind of ethereal and special and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of um, uh, almost unattainable. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the 12, the original 12 still have to be pretty good too. You know, yeah. it's not just like any old riffraff. And so I just wish that like, I'm not saying that those girls didn't have special aromas. I just wish that that had been dramatized more for us to see that he's Maybe like, him Ooh, that one, bit, you know, right? like, like oh, yeah. that one. Yes. And Finding he's like, them out. I want to see him like closing his eyes and like, Catching a whiff of this and then following that one, you know. I do like that too. Where he envisions like what they're doing, so like he he finds one 
thinks about it in his inner and his, you know, his mind's eye and then sees them like running errands and doing the thing that they do, plucking flowers or whatever mm. that adds to their scent. You know what I mean? And he can see all that. And that shows us their character for a split second mm-hmm. close enough that we, we feel like, you know, close to them when they die. Yeah. We're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the closing scenes kind of sh- like, uh, took me by surprise a little bit because I again I hadn't gotten that far in the book but um, they were bonkers and very surreal and felt like a hallucination um, which was a little jarring to me because I feel like the rest of the movie like the universe that it's created for itself like I mean the the premise kind of defies believability right like the the concept that somebody could smell something from like miles away like he can it but within the it realm doesn't. of this movie it's like it it that's what we that's what we've accepted as the reality but then these ending scenes i think kind of stretch that believability to the to the brink but it doesn't it doesn't break and so like i'm still on board with it but at first i was like what is happening <laughs> but okay yeah like it's that powerful okay so like by the end i'm like okay i'm on board with this i get it um a couple quick notes that i just didn't mention before um oh (laughs) when um alan rickman confronts grunwe after he finds out that he's killed his daughter and he, he said i wrote down this quote he goes i will climb up through your blood and sit beside you i will look in your eyes and drop by drop i will trickle my disgust into them like burning acid until finally you <laughs> perish i was like damn alan yeah it was like, pretty it was pretty powerful. that was intense that was wow i thought alan rickman is pretty good in this oh film. he was i thought he was great i agree the moments of him like calling for his daughter with the maze uh i thought it were pretty cool because with the way the scene plays out we're like oh she's okay she's mm-hmm. gonna be all right but maybe mm-hmm. she got captured and we can't tell exactly where baptiste is uh he ran at her at that moment and then cut out and then like we could tell it like she's the focus so when the twins get taken i'm sort of like wait a minute he wasn't after the twins was he like he did grab one though mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i was like or was it was it was it him it could have been any any male in that party just playing a trick on the the twins at that moment too that was in yeah. that maze because there's multiple people yeah but the way they shot that scene and the way alan rickman's like you know he's looking there's a little suspense there and like yeah and you're like oh, a little shit, dread who's missing yeah. Yeah. yeah so all in all this really worked for me i it wasn't perfect um i agree that there was a little dragginess you know in the middle there was some i think like maybe some of the time could have been used differently like focusing on certain scenes that were in the book and maybe like eliminating some kind of stretches of time in the middle. But overall, it did work for me. You guys are absolutely right. This is absolutely up my alley. Um, I, I I agree that this seems like something I had probably watched a hundred times since 2007. But nope, it's not. So it's it's definitely a Jacqueline movie. So I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 essential oils. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. John, what do you think? Mine's really short. Um okay. The beginning of the movie was very jarring. So I would say like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, very jarring to me. This was so beautifully shot. I mean, it was just like, there was so much to look at. I mean, the contrast between what uh, Paris, France looked like then, and then going to, I'm sorry, what was the name of the town again? Gross. 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 Yeah, I know. Um, so out in Gross was... was stunning to me i mean just the way it was so dark and dingy and gross and shit filled and then you go to these you know these beautiful is it's all lavender out there right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they're cutting it cutting it down and i just can imagine how that's jasmine 
mm-hmm. and jasmine and and you know like I mean, blooming jasmine you can only harvest it before dawn yeah and it, that's crazy it yeah. felt so crazy um again please people don't knock my shit for for <laughs> saying dustin hoffman it's okay. Be in this movie. I think Dustin Hoffman needs to be in this movie. However, it could have been played by somebody else. You know, more French. What you? <laughs> more French. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu. I'm walking here. Hey, Gerard um, Depardieu could have done it. Yeah. Well, John Vernon. That, that guy's a piece of shit, by the way. Um, Is he? he? Oh yeah, he's a he's he's like a Harvey Weinstein type. Character. Oh no. Oh yeah. I didn't know. That. Um. Yeah, we don't want Gerard. Um. No, I. I I thought he was fine. I didn't think the character was as important, but what you brought up in the book, there is an interesting character in there. And then Dustin Hoffman would have nailed it. I mean, like I said, if we would have cut some of this stuff out because it, it dragged at times, but if you gave us a little more of that, you gave us a little more of what Jean went through, you know, as a, as a toddler and a baby and, and, you know, that progression up, it, it didn't have to be a lot. You know, it just mm-hmm. kind of was like, okay, this is the way he is. He's got this kind of superpower. And then, like, the middle of the movie happened, and it was just like he went from one to another. And Heisberg, you brought it up, the fact that every person that was kind of like his his boss would die when he got sold off to the next person. I love that. I thought that was great. You know, the, the building just crashing down. I didn't need an explanation of why that happened. But then it was just like, wait, this is kind of becoming a pattern throughout this movie. And it's like, okay, so how's the next person going to die? So that was a nice little subplot of everything else that was going on. To me, this guy was a psychopath. He didn't give a fuck about anything or anybody. I was agree, it of his Was it of his own doing? Absolutely not. This is the way he grew up. And something in his brain, you know, whether he was preteen or a teenager, just kind of shut down. There was a scene where he was with the... Uh, um, the the skin guy the 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 fur whatever they call those um, things Grimal Grimal yeah. yeah the tanner it, yeah yeah the tanner yeah so so it was just like he's a skinny guy but he never gave up and he did everything he had to he's a hard worker because yep and, and it wasn't so much of because he wanted to be it's just because he just had this drive you know this this thing inside of his heart mind and soul that would like you know what I'm meant for something bigger so I'm just gonna Go through the motions of yeah, taking care of this. That, that and I think the one, yeah, the one scene of humanity was him going into that cave. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. That was his, like, look, okay, well, uh, you know, humanity, I'll, I'll stay right here. I'll die just alone. But then he smells, doesn't he smell the rocks? He smells, he starts smelling the dirt. He starts smelling the rocks. Even though he didn't have a scent, mm-hmm. he starts smelling everything else. That's when he comes out and, you know, gets hired by that other guy who yep. ends up getting hanged for the crimes that he committed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That orgy scene did nothing for me. I mean, it was a fever dream. You didn't dream pause it and jerk off, John? Maybe That's twice. Very, a very direct no. question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Twice, maybe three times. No, wow. seriously. I, I, I didn't. I Because it threw me if so If anybody's listening of, to our Toxic Avenger episode, they'd know. <laughs> they'd know what you're talking about. By the way, I was a young man and <laughs> child at the time when I saw that. Hey, nobody's blaming it. you, John. No, yeah. hey, no shaming here. I understand that, but I'm just saying that I was young. Um, it it really threw me off just because I thought it was going in some direction. And like I said, I don't want to watch this again, but I do. I I, mm. I kind of want to catch these nuances, and you know, maybe I'll understand the transition of him not being executed on this on this X. 
and everybody bowing down to him. And I'll understand it more. But I didn't. I just went, wait, what the fuck did this movie just do? We just made this complete turn of, you know, he, he's a he's a superhero. And, and the one scene that I should have really picked up on was when he went up on the hilltop and there was like this big like 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 switcheroo where the dad and the daughter were going up north rather than going west or I meant to mention that in my notes. I like that the way they and up I, I, I liked it too, but he got up on a hill and just breathed in and he's like, I know where he asked going. the guard, he said south or north, and the guard said they went south. And then he yeah. said and he's north. like, No, because yeah, they because they did deviate at some point. Yeah. That's where his yeah, nose and, was dragging. You know, it, it was nose, nose. and that's great. It's like Toucan Sam. <laughs> he was. Follow your nose. Yes, follow your nose, and he was just like. So he got up on his. Wow, that was like material a, everywhere. He totally smelt. Yeah, he s- totally smelt it, and you know, followed him. Um, I did love the scene of when he breaks into the 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 hotel or the the castle or wherever they were, you know, far away, and he just he takes the key, he sneaks into the room, and was able to kill her. But the key's back on the dad's uh, on Alan Rickman's desk or, or uh you know table yeah. yeah it's right there and and then like his reaction was fantastic but the orgy thing just really took me out and Heisberg he said it like oh, why is he dressed up why does he have the buckle shoes know. you know it, it, he, he did he's not gonna die a noble death um, it sounded like he owned that suit and was like can I wear this suit to my execution like Right. And then and then we get this scene afterwards. So he gets away. Everybody was fucking. And then he gets away and we got the narrator jumping back in after like an hour of not hearing from him. And he's like, he could have done this. He could have been a messiah, you know, and, you know, gave a little to the Pope and he would have been fine. Um, what if like he like his sense fucking sucked and like in his mind, he thought he got everybody to like go along and he went on his own journey. But in real life, like he got fucking like, killed there. That, yeah, and and, and basically, dead, and he was dead, it, and that was like his way of his mind dealt with it a certain way. Or even if he got away, and it was like, oh my god, did you shit on that thing, man? Yeah. Leave it, keep it away from me, or something. No, absolutely. I thought about that a couple of times, but like him going back to his old place was very, you know, it it was good, but it's just like the way he was consumed. You know, it's like, okay, so is he a martyr, or is he just being selfish, or you know, what is that? Uh, again, I can watch this again, but. Damn, it was it was good to watch. It was well, when I, I finished I the book. When I finish the book, I'll see if there's any like further insight to be gained on that and share it with you guys. I think some of it does speak on that creative genius and like realizing I, that, like whether people I, that think in that mindset that they don't think about around them, uh, they they're they're consumed with a vision of yeah. something that nobody else can see, and they they need to fulfill this vision before they die. But and isn't it these people very, in life in real life that do these? Uh, you know. But like you said, it's not about one person. It's about himself. It's like, this is the way I want to go. You know, it's just like like Ted Bundy, you know, or any other serial killer you hear about. It's just, it's about them. It, it doesn't, nothing else matters. I mean, I accomplished what I want to accomplish. Um, so what's so, your rating, John? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to give this. Spit it out. Damn, Jacqueline. Um, man, that was, that was rough. My job, man. It felt, it felt <laughs> like you rammed it in there. Real um, cool. I'm going to, I'm. I'm going to give this eight out of 10 essential. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm so pleased because I was like, oh, they're probably not digging this. We haven't heard <laughs> my review yet. Uh oh. It's like a two. Yeah, but he gave it a fuck. So, yeah, hey, as long, like five, you know what? Five. As long as we're not reliving the zero from Poultry Geist, I feel like it's a win. So, <laughs> all right. 
All right, let's review that. Looking at you, John. Uh, my review. I'll give you some 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 pros first. This is a gorgeous film. It's like John, you mentioned it before several times. It's just shot beautifully. The uh, cinematography is just great. The landscapes are great. The inner city stuff's great. I love the moments of like the lavender fields or jasmine. Uh, they look like lavender to me. It's lavender. Um, yeah, just to, like a plant that's purple growing and w- within this green, and then like this. Uh, the contrast of that and like the bleak nature of like this inner cities and the the mud and and blah like cobblestone nature of like the city i don't know it's, I, I think it's interesting i think the film has a great look to it um i love i don't know how realistic it is to like the genre the time frame but i think it does a pretty good job at least for me as a viewer like i'm there when i watch it and I'm like, okay, this seems like 17th century or, or the 16th century um, France or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm kind of drawn in. Um, I, I'm drawn in by the the lore of like perfume and how it's made. The idea of like the different notes and stuff like that. Like that is a real thing in perfume. That's not just made up for this film. Like that is how perfume is is made. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfume is a weird thing. It's 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 a delicate thing where it plays on your nature like it can be like in this movie it could be used for a nefarious reason right like you could use the idea of scent and what it elicits from a person and you can use that if you could hone in on something a scent that elicits a certain thing from certain people you could use that to um maybe make a certain populace uh, uh, vote a certain way or whatever feel a certain way or whatever like you could use that for mind control almost, it seems like. There's nefarious reasons you could use this, uh, the power of scent. The way that Baptiste uses it is very interesting. I think he's a very interesting character. He's not like your average everyman by any means. He's no dummy either, though. He's not a hero, mm-hmm. but he's not quite the villain either. Um, he's he's all of these things. He is the villain, in a sense, but we don't even know the, the most villainous parts. Yes, he killed these girls. Like That's probably... Actually. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Um, but the way the film's structured, it's not like it's like, oh, look at this guy. Like we, it's acknowledging that like the act of murder is bad, but it's almost like, well, hold on, what is he getting out of it? Like, is is he gonna come? Is his creative uh, genius gonna come to fruition? And the thing that he thinks that in his mind's eye that he could create, is it gonna happen? And so, like, it keeps you uh, it. As a viewer, you're sort of just like, all right, I'll watch these acts of like horrendousness and murder. But um, I don't know. It's weird. There's an act of like there's like a grim um, there's like a Jack the Ripper element to this movie where he's moving around the city, killing people in the shadows. There's like a Jekyll and Hyde element to it a little bit with him concocting this formula. Um, There's even a Frankenstein element. We've mentioned before that like several movies, we don't realize that like really do have a Frankenstein element. Because it's one of the first horror films, one of the first sci-fi, not films, but like stories ever. So um, I think that's there, too. I think it's interesting that like because his character is kind of like a Frankenstein in a sense, too, because he's not necessarily like a true villain. But yes, he's done villainous things, but there's some virtue to him. His his creative like journey is very interesting where we're we're into it, even though we know it might be negative as a as a viewer. We're still sort of like, okay. I'm into this. Like, even though we know, oh, you know, you're killing people to achieve this scent. But I still want to know at the end of the film, what does the scent do? 
What I is know. it like? I was super you know invested I mean? in yes, him. I'm, I'm invested. I need to know. Give me this reveal. Like, what does the fucking scent do? Give me Dustin Hoffman's ghost showing up and like, oh, you achieved greatness. I don't know. Um, the 13 elements of the 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 sense and like how sense are achieved. I thought that was super interesting to me. Um, and the fact that most sense don't have that 13th element. That's like a, a legend. I like that. I like that myth of it. I think they, the acting in this is top notch too. I right. Really and, and talking uh, about the, the elements, Dustin Hoffman didn't have that 13th one, correct? Am I wrong? No, it and seemed no, like he's like, never achieved that yeah, 13th he's, one. He's, he's like, aware that it's a thing, but it's a legend. Elusive. Because yeah. it's elusive, right? right? Nobody's really ever achieved it before. And he himself is no genius. Yes. He's book learned as far as sense, but he's not really like, like you said, his character seems to like achieve his, his, uh, his success off of base of uh, the back of other people. Yeah. He's no creator. Himself. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he, but he has a sense of smell. He knows yeah. how to break down senses and he has like the scientific knowledge of how to mm-hmm. like create things. So. And he teaches that to our, our main character, which I think is, I, I I enjoy that moment. I enjoy the acting with Ben uh, Wishaw. Wishaw? I, I guess. Baptiste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Rickman's great, as usual. And Dustin Hoffman also is terrific. Those are obviously the standouts. I mean, those are the three main characters that we see the most. Um, the female characters are great, too, though. They're mm-hmm. underplayed a little bit. I, I kind of wish we got more of, like, a, a stronger female lead, maybe. Uh, maybe someone who was in the industry, like trying to come up to um, maybe who was onto his shit. Someone who like helped the investigation of finding out that he was up to something or something. I don't know. That would have been. Well, if we're, if we're going to keep a redhead, Jessica Chastain would have been perfect. Yeah. For that. Mm-hmm. There was a, uh, 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 there was a lot of redheads in this film. <laughs> victims. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, just, I'm the, just saying, if you're keeping yeah. the theme up. The, the just a tale of Baptiste though, and his like incredible sense of smell and his like photographic memory of sense. I found that very interesting and entertaining, and I I thought it was pretty original. Also, uh, it's a period film, but it's done in a different light. Um, the subject matter is different. We've never really had a period film that dealt with like scents and aromas and perfumes, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was interesting. It kind of reminded me for a moment, just as like like Mozart, um, mm-hmm. like uh. What's the movie called? Amadeus. Amadeus, yes. I have Amadeus trivia about that. Or just like him creating. Okay. Him creating in this world and like in this period where we get to see how the period like is over the over time. And I just thought, yeah, there were moments that kind of rung out to me. And that's a that's a film that like kind of speaks to me as a as a kid because I watched that movie when I was young. Uh, and just the period setting, I thought the piece, the set pieces were especially enjoyable. I really enjoyed uh it wasn't like oh my god this is an older film and a set piece and a time like i like set piece films that have to deal with older times as well as well as long as they're done well when they're done well and you get enveloped in this world uh it's very good i do have issues though i i i didn't connect that well with baptiste as or any other character to be honest and i would have liked to feel a little bit more for our protagonist even though I know he's not necessarily the kind of guy that we're supposed to feel for because he doesn't feel for anybody either, even himself. Um, he's driven by his work in a sense. He can't even explain it, to be honest. And so I understand that. Um, I just felt like it would have been a little bit more interesting if they give me a little, like, give me an anchor. Give me somebody to kind of, like, gravitate towards. There's nobody in this film that really, like, that's why I kind of do like Dustin Hoffman's character. I felt like he brought some levity to the film in a moment. Mm-hmm. And 
before the film got really dark because the most dark moments are in the end of the film. Um, the film's uh, lengthy runtime, it's an issue. It It is great storytelling, but two and a half hours is pretty long. And I feel like they could have filled that. If you were going to keep the two and a half hours, you could have expounded upon certain issues, certain things, elements and themes that I think would have made better a better story. Um, we've already touched on that. There are just moments that just drag a little bit for me, but there's no moment in particular. I'd be like, oh, this is the moment you should cut. I don't know exactly what to cut. They're, they're little things. Mm-hmm. I think the pacing okay. overall is pretty decent. Like they, we do, I do get, I did get swept up in his journey and that's what you want to film like this to do. And I was enveloped in like, oh, what is he going to lead to? And next time, what's the next place? When he went to Grass, I was very interested. Like what's Grass going to be like? Um, I do feel like we didn't spend enough time in Grass. Like we built up Grass in our head because Dustin Hoffman mentioned it. And that's like the Mecca of perfuming. This is where you, if you have, if you're a perfumer and you've never been to Grass and learned or been taught in Grass, like you're nothing, right? And that's the art community in general. Like that's a consensus you can say for like the art community. Um, people say that all the time. Well, if you didn't learn Soho, then you don't know. You know, you don't know <laughs> yeah. the struggles. Your arts, your arts irrelevant. Whatever. But <laughs> I do think like there are moments there that could have been fleshed out. I would have enjoyed. Um, and just one. It's not like a main, con- it's not a huge complaint, but it's a major one. There's not enough horror in this. It's a heart where horror podcast we're covering this movie. There are moments where I, I watch this film that where when he's finally like the murderer. Yes, we embellish the horror elements there. But I felt like we could have built that up a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. And there could have been a little bit more of a, like a dark element to the film. It gets there eventually. And I can give it that like it's not like void of horror. I just felt like there are moments where I could have felt a little bit more. There are moments where I felt like I was just watching a period piece with some drama. And then the horror did sink in when he's when he when he comes to grips with his like idea of what, what he wants to do with his formula and he can actually achieve that. That's when it gets horrific when he starts, you know, capturing the girls and stuff. But it's also kind of sped up at that moment. So we don't really spend a lot of time in those moments of him being villainous and Dr. Jekyll in the streets, Jack the Ripper. Like those are the elements that are really dark where we get a little bit of it, but I would have liked to see more of that. Him wanting and dining women. And we're like, I don't know Well, he's sort of void of that. He can't really do that, but I don't know. Those are just things that kind of rung out to me, but overall, like I really did enjoy the film. Um, it's got a long runtime, but overall, like I think it's fun and the pacing is decent enough. And the main characters I enjoyed, I enjoyed the elements of like this sense of smell and scent is something that like, not many films tackle this kind of um, theme. It's mm-hmm. interesting to me. Um, there are a couple of films recently, like Fabric in Fabric or something. I think that's what it's called. Uh, that remind me of this film a little bit. But um, I do like the sense of this creator being consumed by his vision. And he'll go to any lengths to con- to to get that done because that's all that consumes him. That's all that's driving him because he, he's void of everything else. And I like that. So with that said... Uh, I'm giving perfume from 2007. I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10. I was right. Smell what the Baptiste is cooking. I mean, essential oils. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I knew that. I I was like, I bet he's going to say 7.5. I always like to guess what you guys are going to say. Yeah. What'd you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say eight. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. The luck I gave you at the beginning of the show. I sniffed out what you guys were going to. John, you're pretty bad at, at like giving away spoilers. Like my new name, though. 
I do. I was. I just know. Has it been like that the whole time? No, I I changed it while we were talking. I just noticed (laughs) it a few minutes ago, and I was like, "Hey, I wonder." Backlund two electric boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right. So an eight point five, an eight, and a seven point five. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't write. Uh, I think we liked it. I think you guys want some trivia. I have some interesting facts. Not a ton, but I have a few interesting facts. John, what'd you give it? Eight. Eight. And Jacqueline, you gave it eight point five. Eight point five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the fish market scenes were shot in Barcelona's Gothic Quarter. Two and a half tons of fish <clears throat> and one ton of meat was used over the course of the shoot. And people as far away as six miles reported a bad smell in the air. Oh, oh talk about sense. Good Lord. No, yep. I'm good. I'm good. I dig that, though, because like they're like you're trying to elicit that that reaction out of your actor. Yeah. This is what like. Yeah. I like that. I like that realism. I like how they were really trying to play up like how disgustingly stinky Paris was at that time because it was so crammed full of people. We didn't have the same hygiene practices. People would wear clothes for days. There was no air conditioning. People are sweating through their clothes all day long. That's what I was thinking. There's no sewer system. Um, In the book, that fish market is like right across from um, like a a cemetery that you can somehow smell. I don't know why you can smell it, but you can smell dead bodies. I mean, it's just like. But when they're freshly buried. Absolute stench. Um, Anyway. You probably didn't have lime to throw on them and shit like that. Oh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's it. I don't know. Mm. Uh, This movie. Oh, I know why. Because it was a mass grave. That's what it was. It wasn't like individual graves. That's why. Okay. Um. Okay, so this movie featured apparently 67 speaking roles, 5,200 extras. Oh, shit. <laughs> I tell you what, when I went to go write down the, the, the cast, it kept going, and I was like, I have to stop because I know that like guard number so one many, is not yeah. important. Jacqueline, did but... you see that post end credits? It was, it was long. And no, there were a I lot really that were can't. like um, assistant to Dustin Hoffman, assistant yeah. to Mr. Hoffman. You know, yeah. it was just oh, like. Really? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of assistance um, and 102 sets. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, behind yeah. the scenes, 520 technicians were employed. Oh my God. What was the it's budget? It's like a big scale movie. So I have that info. Um, the budget, it, it, this did great financially. The budget was $60 million. Holy I believe I could believe that because they really yeah. do achieve. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't, there was not a lot of CGI in this movie. No. I mean, it was, and then, it was, um, and then globally, it pulled in 135 million. Okay, so good, good return there. Uh, let's see. Oh, you guys, I think we'll find this interesting. This book was the source of inspiration for the Nirvana song "Scentless Apprentice." Oh my oh. God, really? Yes. That makes wow. Kurt is Cobain that, claimed is that to carry the in utero. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Kurt Cobain claimed to carry the book in his pocket and said he identified with Grun- Grunwee's alienation. Holy shit! Did wow. I just blow your minds or what? R.I.P. Uh, Kurt Cobain. I know. While filming the sets and um, the scenes set in Paris, Tom Tykwer, I'm I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, was so meticulous about making sure the dirt looked right that he was given the name Lord of the Dirt by the crew. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why he was so obsessed with the dirt. Maybe he's going to make a movie called Dirt next. I don't know. But um, the costumes were incredibly elaborate and a big part of the budget. Um, Costume designer Pierre-Yves Guerreau yeah, oh, you I need to know, smoke okay. a cigarette when you're saying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Spent 15 weeks researching costumes prior to anything being finalized. In total, over 1,400 costumes were made, um, mainly in Bucharest, Romania. 
Uh, then they had to be aged and dirtied so that they didn't look, you know, pristine and brand new. And once they were ready to be worn, Tom Tom Tykwer, the director, insisted that the actors and actresses wear them continuously for several days at a time, even to the point gross. of sleeping in Feeling them. That worn and low. Gross. Exactly. Gross. Exactly. That's gross. And yet, Dennis so Apprentice was on in utero. I'm just looking. Yes. At yes. 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 So during the orgy scene with those 750 extras, there were on hand 40 makeup artists and 35 wardrobe assistants. Why? The they weren't wearing very much during the orgy scene. I don't know scene. about, I don't know why with the wardrobe, but with makeup, I can see like sure, sure. Up scars no. or tattoos or whatever. Got, okay. Got that. So here's my favorite thing. The people who could have done this movie. <laughs> Other directors interested in making this film were Martin Scorsese. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um... Stanley Kubrick, mm. Milos Forman. Do we know what from? Does that name ring a bell for anybody? That sounds like the guy from um, Soviet film, Milos. Uh, yeah, Milos, but not the Forman part. So I don't know. And in 1990, Roman Polanski gave an interview in which he said um, that one of the producers had wanted him to direct. So that could have been interesting. Ridley Scott was attached to the project years before production finally began. I don't know what happened I don't like there. This was a hot script that was being passed around. It definitely seems like it. Um, if and Scorsese was attached, baby, ooh, yeah. I don't know about Scorsese. It seems like I don't know a little out as of as a step producer because... or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but wait for this one. I think you guys might this might hit a note for you guys. Tim Burton could have been, was considered as director. That would have been interesting. So I could see this film being done by Tim Burton, but it would definitely mm-hmm. be different. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I think it would be less horror, and but it, I don't know. There are elements here that I know Tim Burton would keep. There's a lot of macabre going on mm-hmm. like yeah. i've seen sweeney todd so i know that he's capable of in that nature of- hey guys uh you would have knew what milos foreman directed yes amadeus there oh. you go okay one flew There's over the cuckoo's time. nest oh one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah man so- on the moon the people oh, that makes sense Flint. though because this Hair. film reminded me of amadeus so here's my next trivia fact Hyderberg, thank you for the segue to help define the film's look the crew watched period films such as Sleepy Hollow. Nice. Um, Amadeus, Oliver Twist, Barry Lyndon mm-hmm. from Kubrick, which was okay. a, another very beautiful film. From Hell, that Jack the Ripper movie with Johnny yeah, Depp yeah, and yeah. Heather Graham. The Elephant Man by David Lynch. Dracula. Yeah, sure. Nice. Perhaps Brotherhood of the Wolf and Les Miserables. Nice. I so, got to watch Brotherhood of the Wolf. Les Miserables. I covered that on Les Miserables. <laughs> Okay, I love this marketing, this 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 fact I'm about to give you um, about the marketing of the film. To coincide with the film's release, clothing and fragrance company Terry Mugler, um, several of whose fragrances I have and love, released a 15-piece perfume set. The perfumes were a collaboration between Terry Mugler's um, Vera Struby and Pierre Ellis and these other two fragrance people. Um, one of them read the novel in 1994 and began recreating odors from it in the year 2000 this other perfume guy joined the project in 2002 14 of the fragrances were inspired by the novel and the film and the 15th works as a fragrance enhancer but can also be worn on its own i think i actually know exactly what that is and i have something like that smells represented by the perfumes include paris in 1738 sounds gross a virgin's navel oh my god how do you know what a virgin's navel sounds I think they're just like impressions, you know, it's not like literal, but just like an impression. Uh, a hint of lint, right? A hint of lint. That's what it's called. (laughs) A clean baby and leather because, you know, he worked for the tanner, right? So leather. 
The coffret or the set was released as a limited edition of 1300 sets, which sold for $700 each. All 1300 sets were sold. Oh, wow. There's a part of me that like, I really wants that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, Interestingly, Roger Ebert adores this film. He gave it four out of four stars and named it one of the best movies of the year and one of the biggest like hidden gems of the year. Um, I can see that. Or That's underappreciated. Not considered horror because he yeah. loved it. I know, right? That's true. <laughs> and uh, the um, the novel was translated into 49 languages, has sold more than 20 million copies worldwide to date. It's one of the most successful German novels ever and was on the bestseller list in Germany for about nine years. Don't say what the first one was. I was going to say Mein Kampf. Oh, oh God. That's where go I was there. But that's the most. That's the People most, know of most. it. Like me saying it doesn't give it any power. Yeah, it kind of does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, whatever, bro. I'm not. I don't agree with that. Good. Neither do I. Hmm. So that's it. That's all I got for you for uh, trivia. Jacqueline, that was awesome. Thank you. A great pick Thanks for on going this. Away for that ride. I know it's kind of a weird one, like a I, little uh, out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, I had never heard of this movie, and when I watched it, I was just like, I don't know what the thing. This movie's you know, in like come... my peripheral. I think I've I've heard of it, but it was it was on like you know in the reaches on mm-hmm. the left hand side or the right hand mm-hmm. side. Like yeah, I, I've heard of this never and, there. and never even reached my vision. And, and watching it, I'm like, fuck, that was fun, but fuck, that was hard to watch. It's it's unique. I feel like it's going to be hard to forget. You know. Oh, I won't forget it. Like it's not generic. Scent. It's not generic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like a good scent. Yeah, this is That's... no generic perfume. No, 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 no. Real deal. All right, fellas. That's it for perfume. Coming up next week, it's Hyderberg's pick. What you got for us, Hyderberg? Oh yeah, and next week's my pick, and we're gonna be covering. We're gonna have. We're gonna have Andy Gilly from John's Past. It's about time. John's old partner on his old older podcast. Never heard of it. What horror for you? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. So Andy's Andy's going to be joining us for Phantasm Two from nineteen eighty. Right. Nice. He was with us early, early on in our early episodes for the first Phantasm. So I'm he really was. glad he's going to he be back on for, for Texas Chainsaw Netflix. Where the fuck are the yes, Sawyers? He was. Oh god. Where the, um, fuck, where the fuck are the Sawyers? This is a redemption. <laughs> we arc. still don't know, John. <laughs> yeah, we still don't know. <laughs> nobody has. Before. Nobody ever found out. Uh, for some reason, though, this is a tough one to find streaming. Really? The, yeah, like most of these films are on Shutter, but minus number minus two. Minus part two. Yeah, part mm. two. There must be a licensing issue or something. Weird. I think so. And so it's tough to find streaming for free, but there are streaming apps that have it. Okay. It's on Apple TV for $3.99. It's on Amazon Prime for $3.99. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's still it's not too shabby. For free $3.99. Accessible. Boy! <laughs> Boy! Well, fellas, I had a great time with you talking about perfume tonight. That was awesome. And I'm looking forward to Phantasm 2 next week with you, Electric Boogaloo and Andy Gilly. Uh, So, yeah, everybody go watch that and come back and listen to Phantasm 2. In the meantime, if you'd like to email us and tell us your favorite perfumes, email us at a cutabovehorrorreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on X, I guess, at cutabovehorror. You can catch our scent on Instagram above one word dot horror underscore review. And sniff us up and down at Facebook, a cut above colon horror review. We also, (laughs) (laughs) we need those ratings on iTunes and Spotify. And if you would be so kind, give us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. We love you for it. Yeah. 
All right. Well, fellas, it was a great time. Can't wait to meet you back here next week for Phantasm 2. And keep it creepy.